Welcome to the 300th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we aren't playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on September 4th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway, I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's back from Broadway, Carlos Rodella. I'm back from Broadway. I was on Broadway on a show. How was your show? How was your show? I'm it did well. It. I'm tired. Great. Yeah. Tickets we, sell out? We all, all all sold out. Also, it was like, what, seven nights in a row? So I'm exhausted. Good reviews? Not so good reviews. Ah. Uh, yeah. Well. It's they didn't like it at all. At least at least you had a good time, right? We had fun. It's tiring, but you know, it's about putting in the work, really. It's about it really is about putting in the work. Folks, we're back. Carlos is back from his off Broadway production of Porky's. Uh, I can't wait to see the bootleg recording, which someone has uploaded to YouTube. Oh, yeah. Very excited about that. But in the meantime, we are back, and it is our 300th episode. Um, kind of a milestone. That's exciting, right, Carlos? Yeah. We should have some sort of, like, I don't know, confetti or champagne. I think I don't have either of those things. Do you? No. I don't have anything at all. Damn it. It's nothing whatsoever. And it's funny because... In general, I'll just let you guys uh, in the listening audience peek behind the curtain a little bit. Um, I'm not much for celebrations um, at all. I, I don't really... I've even forgotten my birthday a couple times, and people will remind me, and I'll be surprised. It's I blame my parents because my parents were assholes, uh, and oh, I had like, a lot of really shitty holidays, so I don't really celebrate holidays. I don't celebrate special things, but I try to live my life deliciously every day. So mm. it's not like I don't do anything fun. I just don't do it on one special day. I do it every day, which to me... It's kind of better. Are you are you a celebrator, Carlos? No, I'm not. And I, I think like a lot of times holidays happen. I'm also that person who's like, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I like, you know, like you said, having fun and um, celebrating. I mean, life's crazy that we're both alive right now doing this podcast. I, <laughs> right. That's a big deal. That is, a, that is definitely a big deal. I'm glad we are both alive. I'm yes. glad we are both doing this podcast. That in itself is a triumph of the human spirit. So it's a celebration. In, in that sense, let's celebrate a little bit. I know we don't have any big to do, and our adults only episode is not quite ready yet, still in the works. But you've got a little something prepared, don't you, Carlos? I got a little something, something. A little something, and something. What it is is I went back through uh, our episodes, and we named the episodes very unusually. Um, it's basically just something that happens during the show. If you don't remember, that's how we name our shows. And so I'll say something, you say something and we'll go, wow, that sounds weird. Let's name that the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Organic, organic process. Very organic process. And also sometimes it's about the actual podcast itself, like what we're talking about on it. Right. Right. So I went back through and went through the last 100 episodes. So not all 300, because that's ridiculous. And we didn't even really start naming them when you came aboard. Like, we would do, like, one every once in a while. But we didn't really get regular about it until probably this year, I think. That's true, yeah. And I was as I was looking, I, I noticed that. So I went back through the last 100, and I picked uh, my favorite titles. And what okay. I'll do is I'll list them off now. And if we remember something from them, we can talk about it. Um, and then we'll pick our favorite. All right. And then anybody listening at home can also pick their favorite. Now, wait, before you start, Carlos, I did have a little bit of surprise for you. Okay. Uh, so when you said that you were going to be doing this, picking out the, the titles of the shows, I don't know that you noticed. But if you go back and check, if you take the first letter from each title for the last 100 episodes, it spells out a secret message. It does not. 
it spells out there is no secret message. I thought that was right. Cool. No, let me do it right now. It's okay. No, no, no. Nope, no, you're wrong. Nope. You're reading it wrong. What it actually says is uh, Xbox Game Pass, the best place to play games. Oh, it does say that. It does say I that. I had to yes. rearrange the letters. Yeah, switch. Go back to front, not front to back. Okay. Let's, uh, let's go through them. So here's the first one. I'm just going to go through, and if, again, if we find one that we want to talk about, we can. Go for um, it. A lot of them are going to forget. I think you're going to probably remember. I've already realize. forgotten. What are we doing? We're going to go through the titles of the Damn episodes. Damn it. Okay. Okay, here's the first one. Um, and now these aren't all of them. These are just ones that are memorable that I picked up. Right. Oh, the first one makes sense. Rememberable and necessitary. Oh, yeah. That was just us stumbling over our tongues when we were talking on that show. Yeah. Uh, bag off. I don't remember why we did that, but... I do not remember. Yeah, don't know you. Nearly, the nearly full Monty. Uh, oh, yeah, that was me because I was almost naked that day that we were recording. I only were. had my underwear on. Otherwise, I was naked. Because it was so hot. It was so fucking hot. It was, I was standing in a pool of my own sweat uh, down here in the basement, and it was, it was miserable. And I remember you telling me that and me getting sick hearing that. Uh, the Radcliffe train, because we talked about Harry Potter, I guess, a lot. Yep, Daniel Radcliffe. Still on the Radcliffe train, by the way. Just watched another film last night. We'll talk about that at the end nice. of the show. Nice. A Batman karate thing? That's a great name. I don't know why we said that. Mm, must have been talking about a combat system, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, this one's a good one. Yuck your yum. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what game it was, but we were we were talking about, you know, not not harshing somebody else's choice of dumb game that they like. Oh, liked. harshing someone's oh, that makes sense. Um this one was a popular episode too. Rolling your D. Well, I don't remember that one. What why do we choose that? I don't either. Rolling your dice. It was about no. dice rolling, but also I think we were talking about the other D. We must have been. Yeah. I don't know. Um, smash that smooch button. That was about the, um, what's that? Uh, dating Lovecraftian. Dame, oh, dating yeah. Simulator. Sucker for Love. Great yep. game. Great game. Ready Player Carlos is a, f- just come on. That's pretty good. That's got to be you in cyberspace. So we must have been talking about cyberpunk or something. Yeah, probably cyberpunk. Um, this one's me saying something dumb. A bite of coffee and a sip of food. Oh, yeah. That's a slip of the tongue. We do yep. a lot of those. Some of those are pretty good. Here's a bunch that sound the same, and I, these are all out of order, but like uh, the weird cast, the Elden cast, the angry cast, <laughs> the speed cast, which was the shortest episode ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that we had to re-record because we yeah. messed up. Um, but all those are good. Uh, sharper than a blunt tack. That's not uh, bad. I don't know, but yeah, we must have been, yeah, I don't know, a misappropriation of a phrase, I'm sure. Get good, get mad. That's, I'm, I'm sure, Elden Ring discussion. Must have been, must yeah. have been. Uh, that's re- these are really fun up ep- like episode names, E for effort. Uh, hmm. That's good. Uh, other people, but talking about myself. That was me. <laughs> Being a, talking about myself. These are making me laugh, and I don't even know what they're about. Like they're I know, funny I love just these. on their own. This is really fun for me to do, actually. Uh, hitting things, getting things. Oh yeah, that must. That's definitely like some kind of a collectathon, open world. Something collectathon, like that, yeah, collect-a-thon, totally, yeah. Uh, all that remains. That sounds like a like a Metallica song. Yeah, I, I think be. that is an album. I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carlos shoots good. I, I, mean, I was very proud of myself. I think because of um, what's that damn game? Out, Out Outriders. Outriders. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm that, pretty yeah. sure that's what that was. That's right. Because we talked several times about how you were really good at that game. It's I am very good game, at that game. You, yeah, you said that you 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 played solo, and it's supposed to be a multi game, so you must be pretty good to succeed at that game. And did we talk about that? I went back to the DLC in this show. 
I feel World Slayer, I think something. I feel like we did. I feel like we did, but I don't remember anything about it. Short short tangent. Um I was owning that. I think I stopped at some point, <laughs> but it was I was like again, soloing it. Remember like uh what's it called? Uh, let me solo her um, from Elden Ring. Oh yeah, from Elden Ring. Yeah. It's more like Carlos let me solo Outriders. The game, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's I... <laughs> Anyways. Uh this is a great title and one of my favorites, New Jank City. Oh, God, that could be applied to anything. Yeah. Big one at the first. That's one of those weird random sayings that we just yeah, said during the show. Yeah, must be. Gems in my hat. That's very good. <laughs> Another collectathon, it must be, I'm sure. Uh, these are two also solo word ones. Mungled and tagling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. We Don't do a lot understand. of those, and those are pretty good. Oh, here's another recontexting. Re- um, this is probably going to be my favorite one, I think. I'm kind of jumping uh, ahead, but... Portable hand system. Uh, that see that should have been the name for our adults only episode. It should have been. I we should have could saved be. that one. So I mean, we could come back. Return of the portable hand system. Portable hand system. Using I think I accidentally said again. that too. Oh I, yeah, I'm yeah. sure it must have been. It must, it must have been. Um, last three. The hug is over. Oh, that one makes me sad. <laughs> I don't know what's from, but it's it's. I don't either. But hugs when they end are sad. Yeah. Halloween hop and bop. Oh, that's a good one. That's, that's gonna a be good my favorite. One. That's my favorite. I think. Hop and bop. We and were then, talking about the the Pumpkinhead game that came out that uh, you liked and I really. Oh, Pumpkin liked. Jack or something. Yeah, yeah, it must have been Pumpkin Jack. And last but not least, uh, Carlos is over video games. Um, <laughs> I think it's one of our most popular episodes. When I look back at the views, uh, maybe we should do a Carlos is over video games too because I do occasionally be, you know just get over them. It should be Carlos is still over video games. Carlos continues to be over video games. Carlos hasn't changed his mind about being over video games. Nice. We've got many options here. Uh, And also, honorable mention is uh, shout out to Owen, which is one of my baristas. It's Uh, our barista. I remember Owen. Yep. Uh, Massive views on that episode for some reason. I don't know what (laughs) it was. Was it just Owen listening to the same episode over and over and over? Maybe. Uh, But yeah, that one was crazy popular. Shout out to Owen. So there you go. I don't know if you wrote any of those down. Um, I think Halloween Hop and Bop is my favorite. That's your favorite? All right. I am going to pick. Jeez, there's so many good ones. They're all really good in their own way. They're, each one is a special snowflake that I, I will cherish forever. I know. I mean, New Jank City is just like. That's pretty good. No, no it's got to be. It's got to be. Um, Enter Player Carlos or Ready Player Carlos. That's Ready Player one. Carlos is good. I'm going to. Uh, I got to pick one, though. I'm going to pick. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, yuck, your yum's good, too. Hitting things, getting all that remains. Carlos shoots good. That's just like bad English, too. <laughs> um, I want to pick portable hand system. I got to pick portable hand system. All right. There it is. There, there it is. Go, folks. So uh, anybody listening, uh, you heard us uh, list all of them. So go ahead and tweet us or send us a message. And what's your favorite? Yeah, let us know what you think or if you've got some suggestions for the future. Who knows? Maybe we will use your title. That might be kind of fun. Who knows? Yeah. So there's a 300 episode thing. Hooray. Hooray. We celebrated. Okay. Now over and done with. Let's get on with the show. Yeah. Normal back show to normal. Let's go to yes. an episode. Let's not be fancy today. All right. Uh, all right, folks. We're back uh, to normal. Carlos is back from Broadway. I'm still here. As you all know, we share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. That's right. We are talking about housekeeping. Uh, since you are fresh off the plane, Carlos, why don't you go first? What you got this week? Yeah, a bunch of stuff happened over in Broadway. I noticed a bunch of game stuff over there. Uh, first off, before I forget, I saw this in my email. Uh, Goblin Studios, which I love, 
Yeah, we love Goblin Studios. Love Goblin Studios. They're coming up with a new game called Overboss. Uh, hmm, similar I haven't to seen this. Have not you seen haven't? This. Okay. No, I don't think so. Well, I don't know a lot enough about it, but I just thought I'd mention it because it did show up in my email and I like them. Uh, but it looks like a top-down view, uh, make your own kind of uh, land of dungeons and manage managing them, and then basically, you know, you can actually share it with your with other players as well. But it's like the other game they did was a lot about creating your own like armies of mm-hmm. monsters, mm-hmm. and this one's more like. Uh, holistically kind of looking down at a map and building actual dungeons, like little tiles of dungeons. And, you know, people try this formula a lot. There's several, like, build-your-own-dungeon games. And I got to be honest, I try a lot of them. I haven't tried all of them. But, man, I don't ever really find one that really clicks with me. Do you have a favorite, like, dungeon dungeon maker kind of game that you think is the best? Oh, that's putting me on the spot because I know I do. Yeah, and I can't sorry, think of the name of it. That. No, it's yeah. fine. But I think the difference is that, you know, Goblin Studios, or Studio, has really good pedigree. I really like all the stuff they've done. And specifically to their, like, I'm going to build a bunch of monsters as an army, like Legend of Keepers is a game that yeah. I love. Great they game. do that really, really well. So I feel like, yes, other people have tried, but their games have been very addictive um, so I'm hoping for the best. So anyways, just check it out. Uh, it's a putting it on your radar. Over, yeah, yeah. Over they're, boss. they're a great studio, and you you could definitely do worse than checking out their work, for sure. Yeah. Also, Gamescom happened when, when I was on Broadway, uh, and I thought I'd mention just a few games from that. So many games were announced. Yes, a lot of games. There was, like, so many games. I planned to watch some of the videos and stuff, but then I got real busy. Life happened and everything, and I just I was like, oh, my God. And honestly... It's funny, too. I just really, really another quick tangent here, um, folks. I really want to encourage game developers, specifically indie game developers, please do not feel pressured to launch your game during Gamescom or PAX or even Tokyo Game Show, because for whatever reason, people think it's a good idea. Oh, everybody's looking at games. We're going to launch our game. It's going to be great. That is absolutely not what happens. What happens is as a video game editor, uh, I get like a thousand, like literally a thousand emails a day about Gamescom stuff. Yeah. And your game gets forgotten in 0.003 seconds. So please do not launch your game during that because there's like the biggest games in the world are launching. The biggest announcements, the biggest uh, PR events are happening. That is absolutely not the time to launch your game. Please pick a time when nothing else is happening, when yeah. there's quiet, when there's a lull. That way, I guarantee you, I will at least open your email. I'll read what you got to say. But when I've got literally a thousand emails in my box and they're all Gamescom, I can only I don't there's just not enough time in the day to read all those emails and you're going to get lost. So please don't do that. Yeah, it's tricky for that for coverage. But the for like just a regular person wanting to watch trailers. Yeah. You know, that part's fun. And yeah, that's sure. kind of like for what sure. I uh, went into. Spoiled for choice. Spoiled for choice. So a couple things real quick from it. Again, I'm not going to go through everything because it's, it's tons of stuff. It's all online. But things for interesting to me. One, Sonic Frontiers doesn't look as bad as I thought, um, <laughs> because I you, you probably saw all the internet stuff, all the memes uh, when they first showed it off. It was like them in an Unreal Engine demo, like Sonic just like r- running around the fields, and like it looked really weird and like what's going on here. But when they showed it just at Gamescom, they showed some levels that looked like old school Sonic, by the way. Yeah, um, and it just looked a lot more fun. I don't know. Did you see that new trailer? No, I, I I glanced at it really quickly, but this was in the middle of when I was drowning in Gamescom stuff. But I, I think it's hilarious that we just go this same cycle every single time. Hey, there's a new Sonic game. Ah, that looks like ass. 
oh, oh yeah, no, it actually looks pretty good. They just play it. Oh, it's actually ass. It's oh, actually okay. Still and then, ass. Yeah. You know, I don't know. We we go through this. This the love hate with Sonic is amazing because I think in general people love that mascot, but I don't think that love is really earned because the vast majority of Sonic games are hot garbage. There's a couple that are great, but most of them are terrible. But we still love Sonic anyway. That's amazing. That is an interesting dynamic, and I never thought of that because yeah, you don't have that with Mario. You're no. like, oh, a new Mario game. I hope I hope it's not trash. They're always, I mean, like the only one that I didn't like, and maybe you disagree, is Mario Sunshine. I thought that one was garbage, but the rest, I mean, stellar track record. Like it's hard to pick a bad Mario game, but not not hard with Sonic. There's there's too many to choose from. Yeah, Mario Sunshine and added that other element. That's why it was like the cleaning up game. Oh, um, man, I just remember the camera just fucking with me on that game. Oh, anyways, uh, Sonic. Uh, also, um, let's see. I mean, they mentioned so many things. Callisto Protocol looks good. A uh, new Dead Space, essentially. Sure. Um, the Everywhere game, they opened with that, by the way, and no one knows what that is, but it looked like... The which game? It's called Everywhere, and it's like from a new studio, a new IP. It looks like oh, Fortnite yeah. with... Um, uh, what's the game? Uh, Rocket League and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, yeah, But you're yeah. making the game, and it doesn't make that, sense. That's going to fail. I have yeah. My prediction, fail. Um, the Goat Simulator, you know, uh, 3 will be fun, and they should more of that. Um, Life of Pi, Life of P, Life of No Life of P. P that's yeah, right, because yeah. it's Pinocchio. Um, which, by the way, I'm, I'm, I know I can't say much. Um, and don't we'll, say much. Don't say much. We'll see if we can next week. have to edit this out. But I can mention the name of a game, right? You can say the name of a game, but don't go any deeper than that. Okay. So Life of P looks like a game uh, that is also coming out soon. Yeah, say it. Go ahead, say the name. You can say it. No, that's okay. That's okay to say that, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, well, you can say the name. You can say Steel, the name. That's Steel Rising. Rising. We're uh, not going to talk about I'm it until next week. Very excited about, and I might or might not be playing. No, no confirmation either way. Either way. Right? But we can confirm. We'll be talking about it next week. <laughs> we will. And then um, also, Life of P looks really good. So they yeah. they look they look similar, which is interesting because they will both. Uh, well, actually, Life P P doesn't come out for a while. I don't think. Yeah, a little while. But it's good because, I, you know, peop, there's tons of Souls-likes, and I feel like not a lot of Souls-likes have really stuck. Um, and now we're starting to get into Bloodborne-likes. Uh, right. So I guess, again, just another props to From Studio for influencing the industry so much. But Life of P definitely looks heavily Bloodborne-inspired, which is okay. Um, because, I mean, honestly, I thought Bloodborne was cool, but I, I there's parts about it that I really don't like. I don't think it's a, a perfect game, so I think there's room to improve. And if people run with that and maybe do something fresh, I'd be up for that. Yeah, I mean, it just looks like visually stunning too. And plus, um, Pinocchio. I Pinocchio mean, and so weird and robots. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, High on life. They showed again. They don't need to show any more of that because I've loved uh, Trover Saves the Universe. I loved everything that Justin Roiland works on. Um, so I'm just excited about that. Let me let me ask you, Carlos, because after that debuted, I heard a lot of backlash about that game. Like what? the very next day. Yeah, I heard tons. I was going to ask you if you knew what it was about. I didn't, and this is the first time I'm hearing about Backlash. Oh, man. In my feed, it was tons of people who were really bagging on it, and I didn't know why. Um, I'm not sure what happened there, but maybe it's worth a Google. We'll see. Jeez. I don't even know what they would be doing. What? That's so weird. I don't know. I just I just saw people mad, but I didn't at the time, I didn't care enough to investigate why they were mad because I had my life to live. Okay. But I figured since you like that game so much, maybe you knew, but maybe not. I don't, and I'm going to maybe just like not look at it. I don't know. Like Maybe don't. Maybe, maybe don't. don't. Um, oh, by the way, they mentioned Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, which, Boy, who saw that coming? Who saw that coming? Uh, you and I both watched the movie, I'm sure, Love right? That Back movie. in the day, yeah. Just watched it a couple months ago. But the only problem is, I think it's going to be like a Friday the 13th game where it's like multiplayer, 
somebody's the clowns and somebody's yeah. the heroes. The asymmetrical horror PvP sort of game. Don't yeah. want it. Don't want it. I love Killer Clowns. I want that as a one-player game, right? Like uh, Agree. Until Dawn Agree. or something. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't really stuck with any of the um, PvP asymmetrical games. I think it's kind of a cool idea, but I think it's just really hard to launch a game that lives on. And, like, you know, most of these are over... I mean, even even Evil Dead, which launched oh, a couple yeah. months ago, Evil Dead is one of the biggest, most recognizable cult franchises, and that one's drowning, dude. Like nobody's playing that at all. And and you know, it's if Evil Dead can't get off the ground, I don't know what chance Killer Clowns has. But I, I agree with you. I wish it was a one player game instead. I just, yeah, when I saw it, I was so excited, and then I go, wait, remember, it's probably not gonna be the game you want, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Um, let's see. Oh, by the way, where the winds meet, or where winds meet. Uh, I think it's a Japanese game or Chinese game. I forgot, um, but it looks like similar to, um, you know, some of the Asian games I've been playing, where it's like they're finally being brought over here, uh, action RPG ish, but also like just over the top, you know, amazing powers. And uh, this character in the trailer like is walking on water uh, and then floating and stuff, and so all that stuff I love. And so I just want I can't get any more of, or I can't get enough of those types of games. Where, I, where not, winds meet is what it's called. Where winds meet. I have not seen that one, but it is cool that we're starting to get more um, more Asian-specific games. I think specifically Chinese and perhaps in that region that we don't usually get. So it's great yeah. that those doors have been opened. I'm very curious to see what else they have. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. It's from um, Everstone Studios. And yeah, I need to do a more deep dive on it. But it, sh- it, would, it showed off at Gamescom. And it looked amazing. Uh, a couple other things. Man, there were so many games. Oh, Lords of the Fallen is coming back out. I guess another new Lord of the Fallen. That, that was, that's the really shitty Souls like that came. It was one of the first Souls likes, wasn't it? When it yeah. came out back in the day. Yeah. I don't want any more of that. That game's kind of like a joke. I don't trust that studio at all. I don't think I do either. I didn't enjoy that. Um, no, I had a bad, bad time with that one. Um, the Last Worker looks good. That's an indie game. Uh, do 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 What is that one? Oh, um. Another Dark Pictures game is coming out. I didn't know the name of it. Yeah, but... I know what you're talking about. I, I, boy, they're just whipping those things out now. These I know, days. right? Um, Telltale Expanse. Oh, an Expanse game by Telltale. That looked interesting. I, to be honest with you, I didn't realize Telltale was still a thing. Oh, jeez. I thought they had broken up. No, I think that. Well, it said from Telltale. Didn't so... they get sold to somebody? And all the all the creative people yeah. left. I mean, it might just be the name, oh, but like all yeah. the. All the high power people who were behind like Walking Dead and all that, I don't think they're with that studio anymore. Huh, maybe not. Well, anyways, other games got mentioned. Uh, check out the Expanse game, I don't know, by somebody. And uh, the last thing I'll mention that was actually mentioned in Gamescom and is out, I think, in a few days is Jack Move, which is a super indie cyberpunk RPG, but like yes. turn based. Uh, so old school, like Dungeon Crawler RPG. Are you going to be talking about that one next episode? I think I might. I might pick I it up as might. soon as it's available. Uh, so didn't I? Didn't I send you a code for that? Did you? I'm pretty sure I did. Wait, if you did, oh my goodness, I'm running to my email to check. I'm pretty sure I sent you a code. Oh, for that, that's why you're like, yeah, I know about that game. <laughs> you should know about that game too. <laughs> wow, I'm like like surprised and also feel dumb. <laughs> At the same time. <laughs> but in a good sense, I'm glad that you're excited about it because that means you'll be excited when you redeem that code. I am. There you go. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. It is a celebration today. There we Episode go. Episode 300, right. Carlson gets a free game. Secret codes. There Anyways, a lot of stuff happened at Gamescom, and that's it. All right, cool. 
Um, I don't have a lot of housekeeping. I kind of went bananas on housekeeping last week, but I don't really have anything left this week. The only thing that I will say is that I am really... I know this is a problem for everybody, but it was really bugging me about the PlayStation Network store. Um, there is a lot of obvious garbage in PSN. I know that you play the PS5 more than I do. I mean, I'm not against it. I just usually play Xbox for whatever reason. Um, but I went to this store uh, on the PSN store because I was uh, going to be redeeming something for the show. And I'm looking at the store to see what's new. And I'm like, holy shit. There is so much garbage in here like i thought i mean i don't know if this is correct i don't know if i'm right or wrong but i guess i kind of hold sony to like a little bit of a higher standard than like an app store where i'm like i want you guys to curate this a little more you've got this wonderful console and all these great games and i go to the app store and it's like pickle run <laughs> hot dog run yeah uh sweet roll run thump jump uh desert drive snow drive forest drive magic man like come on you guys this is these are not real games they're garbage yeah they're like 99 cent a dollar 99 cash ins from some crap studio or maybe just a person who's like pooping these things out and putting them on psn please don't have this fucking garbage in the goddamn store like it makes you guys look terrible it makes me lose respect and i'm just like this is stupid like i gotta comb through all of this obvious like app store trash to get to the good stuff this is not a good look i don't want it is not worth the ability to say we've got 10,000 games on the store if 7,000 of them are Fump Jump and Pickle Run. Like, you don't, don't do that shit. Yeah. Please, just the good stuff. And if it only means you've only got 5,000, you've only got 2,000, so be it. But, like, every one of those 2,000 will be a better quality than this fucking crap. So I have a couple tangents on this. One, I saw you tweet this. And yes. I, I brought to this, to this show, like, a while ago, if you remember. Did you? Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, in housekeeping, I was like, Brad, why is there so much garbage in the PlayStation yeah, well, store? Then I, well, then I second that. I didn't remember, you but second yes, it. I agree with you. Uh, but you're right, and maybe that it's more of it showing up now. Oh. Um, but I also, when I saw that tweet, uh, prepared this for this moment. Then I went to the Xbox store immediately after that. And I don't know if you just stay in Games Pass when you're on Xbox, but I went to the game store, the homepage, uh-huh. And there was a fuck ton of garbage. Ugh, everybody so, stop it. I mean, it's a Switch, too. The Switch has it as well. But Right, but this, I, bring I up, feel like the Switch has more... No, I guess they do have some garbage, but they... They do. They have a lot of indie games that I like. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, every system's got great games. I mean, that's, and that's what's stupid, right? Is because I feel like PSN and Xbox and Switch, they all have really great games. No matter what system you're on, you're going to have a good experience. But, like, man, all the, all the game stores... I just bring up PSN because it was the one I saw most recently, but... yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this this trash game garbage needs to stop, man. It is there is I I cannot imagine the money they're making from Fump Jump and Pickle Run makes it worth the cred they're losing. It's just it's embarrassing to me. It is embarrassing because uh, and like you said, it just makes it harder to get through all the titles. Harder to find the good stuff. All you and I both do this. We go to new, you know, sort new to old, and we're gonna and new is gonna be Pickle Run, Pickle Run Two. I don't. By the way, is Pickle Run a game? It is, that is literally a game. Okay, okay. That is literally a game. Because now I'm going to go download it. Because I just want to play Pickle Run. Fucking um, Pickle Run. No, I don't. And it's just, the garbage needs to get off all the systems, basically, what we're saying. Like, all yes, the consoles. All of it. Just get out of here. Just get out Cur- of here. Curate your shit, please. Curate that stuff. We it's don't need hard. it. Yeah. Um, a tangent, though, real quick to that, is that I've never mentioned this on the show, and I keep wanting to bring it up. Did you make Pickle Run? Is this your game? Pickle Run is my game. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this name of the episode, by the way, is 100% Pickle Run. Pickle Run, yeah. yes. 
Um, no, I can't no, believe we're getting free advertising these fuckers. Oh, that's right. We can't if we do that. Like people are going to download their game. Anyways, maybe it's a fun game. Uh, no, it's not a fun game. Have you played Pickle Run? No, but I already know it's not. I don't this need this fucking I... episode's called Pickle Run. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to fucking download it, even though it's like going oh against everything god. we believe. Oh my god. So here's the thing. I never mention this. I always mention when I mention it. I have a PS5. I'm very lucky. Whatever. It's still hard to get. I had it since it came out. I have played three PS5 games. Or, okay, that's an exaggeration. What do you mean? My point is that every time I go to the store, I'm fucking buying PS4 games. Like oh, the okay. big secret okay. is there's no fucking PS5 games. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's games that were made for the PS4 and they make it a port. Sure, there is a PS4 or PS5 version, right? But it's like a PS4 game. And yeah. newsflash, everybody, the graphics are the same. They are the like, same. Like they're yes. not fucking different. I expect like something you know drastically different because I have a really cool powerhouse of a system. But dude, I'm playing PS4 games all year or two years. How many times? How long has it been out? It's been a couple years now. So for a couple years. This is the weird truth of the PlayStation 5. And you could say this probably for the Series X. How many next-gen games have you and I played? I mean, yeah. fucking not many. I mean, that's the, you're, you're, you're exactly correct, you know? And I think that's interesting because it kind of just goes to show, like, I mean, what was really the point in jumping ahead to a new system? I mean, right. clearly, like, a couple more shinies, a couple more pixels. Dude, my PS4 but, Pro in the closet could have been doing all this. Yeah. I mean, so I guess I guess I have to wonder... Um, is that because, and I'm guessing this is probably a big reason, because the install base for the previous generation is so large, people don't want to abandon those player, players who have not yet bought a new system, right? And it's funny because actually a fair number of our writers at Game Critics, many of them have not upgraded yet. I'm talking they don't have a PS5 or an Xbox X or S. Yeah. They're still rocking the old stuff. Everybody's got a Switch, but beyond that, people are still using uh, you know, their last Xbox or last PlayStation. And... They're not really in a rush to move forward, which is weird for me as the editor because we got to stay kind of current. But they're like, "What for? I don't want to." And I'm like, "I mean, we, we talk about stuff like this, and I guess you got a point because, like, what it really is the point? I don't know." Yeah, it'd just be exciting because, like, when I first got it, you know, I wanted to get a next gen game. Uh, f- jokes on me because I got Cyberpunk, and yeah. in the beginning, yeah, I, I always talk about how I still liked it, and I got to play through the whole game. But it wasn't like this, you know, feast for my eyes kind of thing that I was lo- right. looking for. So lots of issues and stuff. Yeah, and it's the same for any other game. Yeah, but that's a tangent. Okay, back to the games. Back to the games. Okay, I don't think I have any more housekeeping. You got any more housekeeping? Nope. Let's close it up. Let's close it up. All right, let's move on to the main portion of the show, episode 300 here. Let's start off with, boy, this is a funny one. Let's start off with uh, Immortality which comes from Half Mermaid Studios, I believe their name is. They didn't specify which half. Uh, and this is the guy. What is the guy's name? The director of this? He's like, He's becoming like the auteur dude. I forget what his name is. Anyway, whatever. No, I'm he's looking it up. Come on. We got to look it up. It's the from her and... Um, the guy who made her story. The guy who made Telling Lies. Telling Lies. It's... Um, his name is... Sam Barlow. Sam Barlow. Yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, he's kind of gaining like... I don't know if I want to say notoriety or fame, but he's kind of becoming known as like an hour tour. I don't think that I put him in the same bucket as Kojima, although I do maybe put him in the same bucket um, as that guy who did all of those. Uh, not, not Dennis Dyack. That's from too far back. Who's the guy that did? Uh, um, oh, my gosh. The cyborg game that was on PS5. He also did the game that had um, Elliot Page in it. He did the um, we've played all his games. 
Oh, Jesus um, Christ. Uh, you mean with the yelling for the kid game? Yes, yes. Uh, whatever that game was. Boy, wow. What's sucks, you episode guys? 300? We don't remember we can't games. Remember shit. Yes. Where, yes, push X to Trevor, whatever the kid's name was. Oh, my God. No, we we're waiting. Get... We're waiting. We're going to figure this out. No, oh this is the worst podcast ever. Fuck. What is the name of that? Um, um, <laughs> hold on. It's Elliot. PSN. Game. Game. Oh, man. We're doing on-screen, real-time Google. Beyond Two Souls. Yes, yes, yes. Who is so that guy? We're here? getting close. Beyond Two Souls. Souls. And then Creator. I type that in. Quantic it's... Dream, David Cage. Quantic Dream. Yeah, David Cage. Hey, fuck. Everybody God. listening was like, those idiots. I'm you unsubscribing. Guys... The fucking worst podcasters ever. David Cage is who I'm starting to associate Sam Barlow with, whether that's right or wrong. Okay. Um, because I feel like, I mean, real talk, dude. Uh, okay, obviously we haven't said it yet. Boy, we're hell of a show. Hell of a show, folks. Hell of a show. Uh, we're talking about immortality is what we're talking about. We didn't even get to the. Title didn't we yet. say that? No, we didn't say that yet. What a <laughs> rambling we... piece of. Two old Crap. men losing their minds in real time on this fucking show. Immortality was recently released from Half Marine Studios. It's on Game Pass, which is where I played it. Is that where you played it? Yes. Game Pass for free. Um, and so, I yes, Sam Barlow. I, I start to associate him with David Cage because I feel like perhaps they are earning a reputation they didn't necessarily earn. And I feel like maybe as time goes on, much like David Cage, perhaps Sam Barlow, eh, you know, he might be in some trouble later on. We'll see. I don't know. I don't want to predict too much. I don't know the guy. This is not supposed to be a personal slam, but just based on their games, um, games alone is kind of my feeling on it. But Immortality came out. I didn't hear anything about it at all until the game came out. And then all of a sudden on my feed, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, perfect yeah, 10, 10 out of 10, too. 100, 100, 100. And I'm like, what? How? What? Like, how are people giving this game that I've never heard of? And just FYI, all I do all day is fucking games. I read emails about games. I talk to people about games. I get messages at the website about games. I edit games. It's all I fucking do every day is games. And so it's beyond strange for me to be completely caught with my pants down about a game like this. And then not only that, but to have it get like a multitude of perfect scores. Yeah. I was like, dude, I what? Something fishy going on here. And I remember so, seeing it in passing. Like I saw the picture of it. Uh-huh. Um, and I think I even bookmarked like the, the webpage at some point because it did look like cool. The concept of like, a bunch of movies, and we'll get into again, it in a minute. Again, yes. Um, again, yeah. Well, okay. Her story and the other ones were like that, which we'll get into the mechanics of it. But sure, sure. I think the preview that I saw that I enjoyed was just like, it was like these indie films, you know, yes, that yes. like in a fictitious world existed. So that's all I knew of it. <clears throat> and then the other backstory is that both of us, you know, don't like those other games, right? I think there's no that, that surprise. That is very true. Yes, um, exactly. I thought her story was interesting, but then I got frustrated by the mechanics Telling lies, I noped out of in like one second. Same. And now same. we get to immortality. So let's talk about this really briefly. So yes, I think you and I are both on the same page. I don't think I enjoy this kind of game. Uh, I, you know, I, just like you, I played her story and I thought interesting, but I actually don't like this. So you can <laughs> yeah. you can think something interesting and not like it, and that was the case. Cool idea where you watch video files and try to piece together things and pick up keywords and try to watch more video files and figure out a mystery. Interesting. Okay. Like, I don't know that anybody's really done that before. So cool. Um, they went back to that. Well, again, for telling lies, I stopped playing that in like 90 seconds. Probably seems like you did too. Yeah. 60 seconds. Kind of basically the same thing, watching video clips again. And now we have immortality, which is again, the same thing where you're watching video clips. And, uh, I guess, the, the the big thing about this, kind of like you alluded to, Carlos, is that the Half Mermaid Studios 
they literally made three complete indie films for this game. So the clips that you're seeing in this game are actually clips taken from three movies that they made on their own. Um, so they made whole movies so that they could get clips from the movie and they didn't just make the clips. So that's, that's a thing they did. Um, but again, it's kind of like watch clips, put together a mystery, watch more clips, put together more of the mystery. I, I, I don't like this style of game. I think it's really boring. I'm not sure why I was supposed to give a shit from the get go. And I just was like, I, I, it felt like the biggest possible waste of time to me. I mean, what was your, what was your, what was your thought? Well, to add some context to that, the, uh, the difference with this game um, like some of the other games, I think you actually typed in search terms, search words. Yeah, um, this one, words, you yeah. just use your mouse or cursor or right analog stick or whatever, and just like uh, circle over things in the scene, and then click the button, and then it'll go to a new scene. Give us an example. Like so, that. an example is you're watching two people talk. You uh, put your cursor over top of the guy's head, or one of the guy's heads. And you hit the button, it'll go to a new scene in a different movie, in a behind the scenes thing, just another, you know, clip of that same guy. Or it'll try to map like you put it over uh, a window and it'll try to like search for that window or like a window that looks like it. Right. And it'll take you to some other random clip that also has like a similar window. In right. It, right. And then yeah. all those basically add to your collection. So you're basically like Pokemon style, like just getting a bunch of clips. Um the biggest problem with that, and again, similar to you, like we don't like this mechanic, is that was like super boring and I was super overwhelmed immediately because all I kept doing was just, I'll select this, I'll select this, I'll select this. And I just got myself a million clips, right? Yeah. yeah. All fucking out of order. Uh, all have to piece them together. And I was like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Slam you know door. What? Exactly. Exactly. Like when I started playing this, what it looks like, is if you're on a Zoom call and you're in the gallery view with like 500 other people, it looks like all those fucking clips are like on your screen. Like you're just looking at this giant spreadsheet of clips on your screen and you're just, you can't make any sense of it. And I didn't really understand what's going on. You begin the game and it's like, oh, here's the backstory. If you click on this menu and it's like, oh, this fictitious actress disappeared in the 60s or whatever and we want to know what happened to her. I mean, okay, I guess. But like that's not enough context for me to like really care about a game enough to want to sit through 85,000 video clips. And like you said, like you click on something, click on a flower, click on a window, click on a mouth or whatever, and it takes you to another scene, but you don't know what the connection is. And I don't want to sit through the, some of these clips are long, dude, like a couple Super minutes long. long. We're talking about movies. Like, yeah. Like my very first clip that I clicked on was the star of the game on a fake um, tonight show with a fake Johnny Carson talking about what her experience on the film. And then that clip, cut into a clip from the other clip that they were talking about. And I'm like, why am I watching this? What is the point? I don't, this is not connecting with me at all. And I felt like I felt myself aging in real time, yeah. getting closer to my grave as my lifespan was being wasted on this fucking game. Dude. And I was like, I, I cannot even. Well, let me scare you. This is, this is like a Halloween, early Halloween scare for you. Someone said it's nine hour game. Oh my God. No. Which, which gives no. me a panic attack, gives me anxiety, like a straight real one. Like I actually get real anxiety from this concept. And another reason why I probably stopped playing the game, because I can't deal with like the out of orderness, you know, yeah. of this of this world. Yeah. <clears throat> and like that makes me super in real time uncomfortable. Like I don't want to go like for hours and hours through things that I don't even know which one I'm supposed to be looking at. Now, all that said, I think we both feel the same way. The only uh, positive like uh, thing I can say to it is I did watch a bunch of reviews and I heard, 
and this is like getting me, giving people a reason to maybe play it, uh, who also like this game more than we do, is that there is these weird clips that start showing up that are very David Lynchian. Sure, yeah. That kind yeah. of jump outside of the idea of these movies. And that kind of is the through line to something creepier going on. I love that idea. The problem is, what bothers you and I both, is that it's just so hard to get to that. And then yeah. even when we do get to it, we still, the real gameplay of the game, I still don't like, which is out-of-order clips, me under, being feeling like confused, and I'm not wanting to do it. Yeah, you're just literally watching clips, and then you're scrubbing forward and back, and maybe you know what you're looking for, maybe you don't. Maybe you click on something, takes you to another random clip, and you got to just like absorb all this stuff and then try to make the connections in your own brain and then see where that takes you. I mean, if people like it, that's great. I'm certainly not going to take that away from anybody. But for me, this is like, I would rather literally go fucking mow my lawn than do this game. I would rather oh, yeah. wash dishes. I'd rather sleep. I'd rather do anything than play this game because it felt like the worst waste of my time. It's funny you mentioned mow the lawn and dishes because I, I equate both of those with Zen-like uh, uh, qu- uh, like th- qualities. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, seriously, people listen, especially the kids listening, younger people, uh, go do the dishes. You know, how your mom says do the dishes. And you don't want to just do them for a minute, because guess what? You can really Zen out. It's like a relaxing thing. Um, oh, and, and after 30 minutes, I'll have more, more show for it than it would if I watched 30 minutes of clips from this game. That's true. You'll be more productive. Have clean dishes, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Like you said, other people enjoy it. I can't understand the 10 out of 10. It's just because we have different brains, right? Like my brain well, gets okay, let, upset let's about it. Let's talk about this. We got to talk about this, Carlos. Okay. Uh, so this is going to be a hot topic, right? And I don't, I don't really want to kick a hornet's nest, but I feel like we have to say it because I don't know how many other people are saying it. I've had some discussions behind the scenes with people, not out in the open. Wait, I don't know where, no one, I don't know where we're going right now. I'm kind of confused, but I'm excited. No one wants to talk about this, but we're going to talk about it here because I feel like Sam Barlow is getting himself in that zone where people think that what he does is smart. And if you don't like it, that means you're not smart. And so nobody wants to say that these games are not fun because it makes them seem like a low-class plebe who doesn't understand big ideas, oh, right? Oh, okay. And so I see, you know, all it takes, you know, we kind of know this, right? And I'm not going to name any names, but I was having this discussion and, and people kind of were saying, you know, all it takes is one or two pretty notable YouTubers or critics to say this is a great game. You're going to immediately get five or ten other Me Too's who follow on. And then once you get that momentum going, everybody's like, well, of course, this is a perfect game. Of course, this is a great game. And if you look at the number of 10s this game has, that's horseshit. I, I don't believe for a second that all these people think this game is a 10. Yeah. I, just, I just really don't. And it kind of reminds me of um, like Nier, the very first Nier. Not Automata, but like way, way, way back when Nier first came out. Um, we had a very notable YouTuber who got on and took a big shit on that game. And then everybody in the world immediately hated Nier after that. I remember this because Game Critics was one of the only places that stood up for it back then, and we took a lot of shit for standing up for that game. Jump forward five or ten years when that YouTuber is no longer shitting on the game, and guess what? Nier's everybody's motherfucking favorite game, yeah. okay? And now it's cool to say that you like Nier back in the day, but if you go back, no, 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 no. If people didn't like it, and I feel like that was because they had that negative momentum. It's the opposite here. Like You get a couple big YouTubers who say, this game is the shit. You get the positive momentum, and people are jumping on board that train, but honestly... I just don't think I just can't believe that many people think this is a perfect game. I just don't. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because this is going to come back up in our uh, Saints Row discussion. 
okay. uh, on this show. No, nope, there you go. I know where you're going with that. Yeah, because it very feels like the same thing. And I agree with you. I just think that it's um, uh, jumping on the bandwagon for uh, this type of game. And again, her story got a lot of awards, so you know, yeah. there's there's reason behind it. But sure, um, I think we can you know honestly say that like in my mind, it's if your brain processes this type of game, then you might enjoy it, right? Sure. If your sure. brain doesn't, which mine doesn't, and a lot of our listeners might not, um, I just don't like it. Like, it makes me angry. Yeah. <laughs> I literally wrote down in my review, like, notes, uh, fuck off. That's what <laughs> I wrote down. I wrote down, that's literally, I'm looking at it right now. It says, immortality, fuck, fuck off. off. And then Sam underneath Barlow, that, go away. underneath yes. that, it says, Lynch, David Lynch uh, sections. Mention that, because that seems interesting to me. But the gameplay can fuck off for me. And I think, you know, that's totally honest opinion. And I think a lot of people, um, yeah, don't need to jump on the bandwagon if it's not for you. Yeah. And I just, I just, I just feel like this game's got like quote unquote smart game mojo. And I feel like it's riding that wave right now. But I, I, I can't help but feel like I need to poke a hole in that because I just don't know that I believe it. So anyway. Oh, and to finish though, uh, yeah. I, when I say fuck off, I don't mean like. <clears throat> I, the people did great performances. I, you know, it seems oh, yeah. like this is not a, this is not a personal attack. Not, and not at the developers at all. I'm saying like my brain goes, Hey, Carlos, don't do this. You know, you're going to yeah. be upset and it's going to make you freaked out. And yes, yeah, I don't like it. So I'm sure Sam Barlow and all of half mermaid Sues, I'm sure they're lovely people. I'm sure we would totally get along <laughs> yeah. if we were at brunch or something. This is not a personal attack in any way. It's just our approach to this material and the surrounding hype. And there's a lot of hype around it right now. It's just um, boring so to play it's really for boring. me. It's like, so I don't boring. want to play. So That's boring. not a thing I want to do. I would literally want to fold clothes. I would rather just pet my dog. I would rather do anything. Yeah. Than play this game. Me so, too. Okay. There we go. Immortality. I guess we didn't like it. All right. Uh, let me take over for a second here. I'm going to be talking about time on frog Island. Uh, this is a game that we received a code for, so thank you very much to the publishers for this. It is a very, very visually cute kind of game. It's 2D, uh, very nice art style, really cartoony. Uh, people's eyes have a kind of weird quality to them. It's, it's, it's very appealing looking. It's very colorful, very nice looking. You play a person who washes up on an island, and it's one of those games which I didn't realize this, but there is no dialogue. Um, you just kind of gesture to people and they talk in pictograms and i'm having a lot of bad luck with these games lately because i feel like they're really difficult to do and people think they're easy to do and they're just not um so that kind of put me off at first but you wash up on this island your boat is wrecked you lose uh this important thing you got to like do stuff on the island to i guess get your boat back in shape so you can keep going on your, your cruise um but it's all about pictograms and stuff like so you you look at a picture of your boat your boat has missing some pieces and so you got to like walk around to the people on the island and they're all frogs called frog island and you got to like gesture with them to say hey it's like the it's like the voice of the peanut special i know that people maybe don't know the peanut special anymore oh my goodness but you know like it's like if you're old enough to remember the charlie brown christmas special whatever whenever charlie brown goes to talk to and if you don't know who that is please google it um to talk to an adult and the adult goes wah, 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 wah. it feels like that when you're playing this game where you're, you're going, rah, 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 and there's a picture of, like, I need a piece of wood over my head. And then this other frog is like, rah, 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 and they, I don't know, they want something, right? You got to figure out what they want, and then you got to give it to them, you give them the thing, and then they give you the thing you want. So basically, it's like this kind of, like, item trading game where you go around finding what people want, give it to them, and then you, you slowly make your way back towards the goal that you're working on. Um, that basis, like this, you know, wander around and give people things, I mean, that's the basis for a million games, right? So it's not like anything new. But I think the thing that kind of put me off of this game, 
apart from the fact that there's no text, which means that there's less chance for funny stories, less chance for getting to know characters on anything other than a surface level. But also, um, there is no map to this game, and the island is not huge, but it's, you know, you don't want to be wandering around for a couple minutes and don't know where you're going. Yeah, It's hard to remember where things are. Like, oh, I found the, the rope. Oh, I got the rope that guy wanted. Where? Oh, shit. Where was that guy? I don't remember. Was he north? South? Uh, I can't remember. There's a bunch of trees. It all looks kind of the same. Um, a lot of wandering around. Too much wandering around. No map. And generally just kind of a feeling of like, why should I give a shit? Because I just didn't have enough motivation. Um, you just start in the game. You wash up. And then I guess you're supposed to just be really excited to just just do stuff, which to me, I got plenty of stuff to do. I don't. I don't want to do stuff. I want to do something that makes me motivated and excited, gets me um, interested, you know, something I can role play a little bit, something I can sink my teeth into. And this game does not do that. It just kind of presents itself and wants you to engage with it, which I guess works for some people, uh, does not work for me. And I know, I know about this pretty quickly. I just felt like not as big of a waste of time as immortality was, but I felt like it was wasting my time, like wandering around the island, couldn't figure out what to do and didn't really care to figure out what to do if that makes any sense yeah well it seems like a lot of it is like you said you can't get invested and mm-hmm. if you're not invested in a, a world exactly. that you're going to go do stuff in yep because they're all wah, 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 wah. um and not just because of that because like animal crossing uses that kind of sure language, it can but, be done right it can be yeah. done better yeah all right well it does look cool i like the art style yeah it's really cute i love I mean, that's the thing right it's cute and i can see this game working in a different context but just as it is it just feels like too aimless and not focused and not motivating me enough. And so I just, I noped out pretty quick. I think I played it for like an hour and I'm like, okay, I'm good. So anyway, time spent on Frog Island, one hour. Um, There we go. That is it. That's all I've got to say about time on Frog Island. Uh, Let's go over to you, Carlos, for a surprise pick. You sent me a message about this one and I had to look it up. Made in Abyss. Am I saying that right? Uh, You are. It's an anime and a manga and it's now a game. Oh, is it? Okay, I didn't realize that. All I saw was the game trailer. I didn't realize. Is this a successful series that's, uh, is this an anime series that's popular? I don't know. It's super popular. There's only one uh, season, and then there's a movie, and they're working on the second season right now. Um, And I have, um, it came out of nowhere for me, and I remember looking at the game, thinking about an interesting, it's like a survival game I I saw on the trailer, Um, and then I went to see the anime, and I just kind of like totally got hooked in the anime. And then I was like, okay, I have to play the game because, you know, uh, I like that kind of combination. And by the way, it's not always done well, right? Movie adaptations, anime adaptations, they can be done poorly. Exactly, Um, yeah. So this was such a weird, interesting concept, which I'll get into in a minute, uh, with the anime that I was like, well, that should be a really interesting game. So that's why I thought I'd check it out. First off, the anime, though, um, it's about kids, and I usually don't like animes with kids in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, you know, adults, adults, yes. um, but there's adults also. And it, the idea and the concept is such an interesting story, which is there's a huge abyss that opens up. It's like super like deep, like thousands, thousands of feet, uh, seven layers or whatever. And each layer is a different thing. Like there's an inver- inverted forest and, um, you know, mech level and just weird stuff down there. But the idea is that when you go down, the further you go down, the harder it is to come back because you get the abyss sickness. Um, and you'll like, if you go down like one layer, you'll like get sick, like literally like, like throw up and stuff. If you go down too, too far when you try to come back up to the surface. Uh, but if you go down far, far, like three or four levels, you might like start 
bleeding from everywhere. Gross. Wow. That's disgusting. <laughs> if you try to come back up and then like if you go to the bottom, like you can't come back, you know. So wait, are you saying you get sick if you if you try to come back up or just if you keep going down? No, if you try to come back up. And oh, okay. what's really weird, and this is such an interesting concept, um, even if you go back up within the level, like this is all the anime still, but this is going to be transferred over to the game in a minute. But like, so say the characters are, you know, going down and they have to go back up like a tree or something, right? And if it goes high up enough, that change in altitude will make you sick. Interesting. So but you're okay if you keep going down. You're okay if you keep going down. But there's okay. like more and more monsters. So the other thing okay. is there's obviously monsters down there. So it's not it's not a, a fun place to be. It's dangerous. The reason why these kids go down in the anime is because one of the kids' mom might be at the bottom of it. No spoilers. Okay. Uh, and so she's going to go try to find her mom. So anyways, that's the anime. It, I remember people telling me it gets really dark. Uh, that's part of it because it's, you know... He, Basically, one of the kids does start like bleeding, and I'm like, "Oh man, that is rough." But there's a lot of like heart in there too. So I, you know, are we talking literally? Does the chest fall open? Heart falls out? No, it doesn't. The whole thing, like, let's just say, you know, there's like 12 episodes or so. I think episode eight or nine is when it finally gets gross a little bit. But for the most part, it really isn't too gross. It's more about the story. Where are you watching this, by the way? Uh, I'm watching on Amazon. uh, Amazon Prime. And the movie's on Hulu and Amazon, uh, so I'm going to watch the movie next. It, I, I could go into the anime. There's a couple problems with it. I won't bring that up now. Um, there's a couple issues that you'd have with it for sure, too. Um, it's around the kids thing. You know, I don't... It gets weird when there's kids and they're, like, yeah, bleeding and stuff. Yeah, I agree. So I'm on a love-hate relationship with it. Anyways, I'm going to talk about the game real quick, which I think they do a very, very good job of, like, making that anime a game. But to a fault. So when you play the game, it starts up and says you can play the tutorial, which is like the anime, essentially. And then there's the regular, hey, make your own character and like live in this world and try to do all the things you see in the anime, which is what I came there for. Like, that's what I wanted. All right. They don't let you do that. You have to play the um, campaign first. The campaign's like, I think five six seven hours like a pretty long campaign is this same as the tutorial or is this separate the tutorial, the tutorial is a campaign sorry it's the same thing. oh okay tutorial is the campaign yeah gotcha. and the thing is that it's exactly the anime because i just watched the anime so it's like oh okay there's no difference um generally don't like that i don't know about you but like i don't like playing something yeah I just like watched. reliving something you just watched sure not a fan remember when like batman movies would do there or batman video games yeah or something yeah. you're like oh no i already seen this movie um, so I don't like that part. And also, it's been pretty easy, but I got to a level that I just kept dying at. And I was like, motherfucker, I just want to go to the game that I bought. Interesting. You know? Interesting. So that's where so, I'm at. I, I'm kind of stuck, and I'll, I'll explain the game mechanics in a minute. Yeah, but yeah, what's your go question? Ahead, go ahead. No, well, nothing. I was going to just say, I, you, probably, you might answer this um, when you get to the mechanics part, but I was like, well, I guess if you get through the campaign, like, what were you looking for? Is it like an open world thing or like what like what are we talking about i guess but go ahead tell me the mechanics well yeah that's it so the anime is like such an arduous task for these characters to go through right like they're descending into this pit of unknown each new level is kind of fun because it's like a weird new biosphere right like now it's this and the trees are upside down and blah blah, blah. and then it, so it's fantastical and that's what i was like looking for out of a game but it's also a survival game but now that i watched the anime i was like i'm all well equipped to do this game you know i know what to do so that's what i wanted right so the game mechanics are that which is you go down 
And as you go down, you can like fight monsters, you can craft, you can collect resources, all the things you would normally do. What's interesting is in the campaign tutorial, you don't really have to collect anything because it just wants you to get through the story, right? Mm-hmm. And like get to the next like destination. So you're just basically trying to survive each stage. Uh, it's less about like collecting things and really carefully looking through your you know inventory. Um, but the actual game that I haven't got to yet is that where you're like really, really, you know, inventory management and all that kind of stuff, which weirdly enough, I was kind of like feeling right now. Like I was like, that's the kind of game I want to play, sure. you know, watch sure. the anime, feel like I know my resource management because I watched what they did and I'll do it with my own character that I created. Um, I just can't get there yet. So that's like my biggest like con for this game is that they made it inaccessible. Um, and it's like, I have two more hours to go and it's oh, man. talk about arduous. You know is what this I mean? Like, are we talking about like, is this turn-based or is it real time when you're no, going real through? Time. Like, what's the, what's the, what's it an- analogous to? Yeah. You? They what's try to call comparison? it an action RPG, but it's more like, um, Harvest Mooney, you know, a game where you're running around, um, fighting monsters lightly or dodging and stuff like that, but like collecting things and just trying not to like get bad status effects. You know what I mean? Like gotcha. things will okay. poison you or you'll get hungry there's those meters, which normally I hate in these kind of games, but they do it pretty well. Like when I was playing it, I felt like I knew where I was going to mess up if I, if I didn't, you know, make some food or something. So I don't know. I think they made a really cool, interesting, compelling world out of the anime. This is like a in-between review. I don't know if I like it yet because I haven't played the game. That's so strange. That you they know, would force you to get through that whole thing and have it be so long too. It's so long. And the biggest thing is, I'm actually penalized instead of rewarded for watching the anime. Do you know what I mean? I because feel, now you're sitting through it again. Yes. Right? And I was like, I kind of enjoyed this weird, dark take on a, you know, kids in a pit for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. That might be the title right there. That might yeah. Be the oh, kids in a pit. Yeah. That's, that's a dark. sad one. <laughs> what was the other one? Pickle Run? I think Pickle that's Run. So I, I, my, my review is on the fence yet. So I'm going to come back to this game when I, I am going to inevitably beat this campaign thing. And I want to start the game for real because I heard that it makes it much more about the survival elements. Um, and so, yeah. And the other thing, I'll say one other con. I saw a review say like, oh, I think it's good because they penalize you for backtracking. That's what the review said. Okay. Because obviously, like I just told you, this world is like, if you go up too high, you can get sick. You know, The problem is that the, the levels, they make you go back up. Like they make you go back up a tree. Well, or something. I was just going to ask you, like, how would that even work? Because if you're playing a game and you get sick and I guess maybe potentially die, if you go back up, well, I mean, is it is it a roguelike? Like, how 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 do you continue the game? You just keep going down forever. Like, well, how does it even work? Well, that is the roguelike part that I hate, which is when you die, you do have to start over in that level. The checkpoints are not really generous in the fact that like it's one whole level, beat it or not, right? Like it's a, it's a world uh, with like a lot of different places. You beat it or not. So I've been dying in this one stage, which sucks. But here's how it works. So like when you go back up a tree, let's say, right? If you go too high, you'll get the sickness. And like all this kind of, you know, status effect shows up. And your character slows down and will throw up sometimes, which is super gross. (laughs) And then you have to eat more food because it like empties your stomach. Uh, Like Um, your hunger meter goes back up? Your hunger meter goes down, yeah. And so that's how you manage it. But my point is the reviews were saying like, Oh, I like it because it makes you, you know, penalized for going back. No, in this game, you have to kind of like go up and down 
in the levels. And that's kind of bullshit is what I'm saying. Because it's like, let me keep going down like you were saying or go back up if I need to. But like in level design, they make you go back up. And I think that's cheap. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So that's, boy, you know, I, I guess I'm really curious about this. I, I don't know anything about the anime and I don't know anything about this game other than what you said, but like hearing it in my head, I'm just like, how, how does this even work? I guess I'm really curious to see how this goes together. Maybe I'll have to uh, check this out and kind of try it for myself. I do like, you know, I do like roguelikes. I do like inventory survival games when they're done well. Yeah. Um, you know, it kind of depends or kind of hit or miss for me, but I don't know. I'm kind of curious about this one. Well, a lot of times I play games on this show or just obviously play all games uh, in my real life um, because I want a new experience, right? And so this was an experience I, A, I didn't understand the anime. It was very confusing to me. And then now the game was just like the anime, which is like all these things I just told you. Crafting, but you go down too far and, and it's okay, but you go back up, you get sick, and then there's different types of poisoning and it's just a weird fucking thing, you know? Interesting. So Interesting. I'm still interested in it. I'm going to beat this campaign, and then I'm going to actually play the fucking game. And I'll, I'll bring it back to the show later on. Yeah, please do. I'm curious about this one. This kind of reminds me, a little bit of a tangent here, but related to Kids in a Pit. Um, did you ever huh. play Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter back in PS2, maybe, I, I mean, think? I must have. I can't remember it. I must it's have. kind of probably no really relation other than Kids in a Pit, but that's kind of what made me think of it. But Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter, I'm uh, pretty sure PS2, is like one of my favorite games from that era. Definitely my favorite of the Breath of Fire series. But it's it's an outlier, right? It's the one that's different from every other Breath of Fire. And it was really odd and unique at the time. So you are in an underground area, um, kind of like instead of instead of uh, Made in Abyss where you're trying to go down, this one you start at the bottom and you're trying to get up. And it's this cool story where it's you and two friends are trying to make it to the surface. Um, the The hook of it is it is kind of a roguelike, sort of, but it's also an RPG. But you, your main character, like the Breath of Fire series, can turn into a dragon. But you're not like a like a dragon dragon. You're like a kid who's got like wings and stuff. Oh, so you're I like remember a, that. Like a dragon kid. Mm-hmm. But the hook was that you start off with like 100 points of dragon power, right? And like you have to ration that before you get to the surface. So like every time you go dragonized and you shoot a fireball because you're up at a boss or something, it'd be like, oh, you're down to like 80% dragon power, or down, you're down to like 70% dragon power, and you had to make it last until you got to the surface. So it became all about leveling up, getting gear so you were tougher, so you had to, you wanted to use your dragon power as little as possible because you really needed to conserve it for the very end of the game so you could get through like the tough bosses there. Um, that game, to me, was fucking brilliant. 19 different kinds of brilliant, and I don't know that I've ever played anything quite like it, uh, but you're kind of reminding me a little bit of like your your backtracking and the penalties for that is not necessarily the same. But that same sense of like in a pit, struggling, making you know going up or going down and trying to manage the resources and stuff. Kind of the same vibe, I guess maybe. But yeah, man, if anybody has not tracked down Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter, I don't know that you can even. I don't know. You can play it anywhere. I don't know if you can find it anywhere. But man, if that game is available, that game has a lot to say, and I feel like there's a lot of lessons there that we could learn from. But it's kind of ignored and I don't think a lot of people ever really played it. Well, I will say that there is a similarity when you just mentioned that to like the mechanical difference, right? Or like the, the way that the game is set up where you have to think about a game a different way. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And that's what this does. I'm like, Oh wait, even on the same level I have, if I go too high up into the air, which I've never had to think about in a game, that might be bad for me. 
Altitude, yeah. Altitude being different, you know, almost like you're on a mountain or something like that and you're worried about oxygen. So it's a weird freaking thing. Um, I'll bring it back to the show. I'm I'm enjoying it, I think. I don't know what I'm feeling, but I'm doing it. That's the review. Interesting. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. Don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. Well, that to me is sometimes the best kind of game because... You know, I, I don't know about you, man, but, you know, being an old dude and playing all these games, I often want something that is new and interesting rather than something that is just something I've played a million times before. Mm-hmm. And I'll take an interesting janky game or an interesting broken game um, rather than something that's super polished, but something that seems exactly like a million other games. And so the stuff you're talking about to me is, is really interesting. And I don't know that it works or maybe that's not even fun, perhaps, but it is very curious and different and that has a lot of value to me personally i'll say one last con and and yeah i agree with you because like that's it i was like looking for something new right and i found weird anime and weird game so i'm gonna still try but the only last con and i wish they would just take this out or like you know how there's like no difficulty sliders there's no like, oh, no settings or at all okay, yeah gotcha it's just like hey this is gonna be a hard game but um when you fall from a, a high place you just instant die and it, like, oh, it shows no. your leg like broken and stuff. It's really gross. <laughs> um, it was funny the first time, I guess, in quotes, funny. But no, no, no. I like rage quit last night when it happened because I went through the whole level, did everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, was well equipped to go to the next stage. And right before the ending, I fell. Um, rage quit. Oh, so no. just don't make ins- I don't think they should. They already have so many systems against you. Developers, if you're listening to this, I'm still playing your game. Um, just turn off the instant fall damage thing because, like, that just doesn't like make me get really hurt and, like, I don't know, put like a little cast on my leg or something and yeah. have to limp around. But there's maybe a penalty. Yeah. There's already, like yeah, it's my point. There's so many penalties in this game. I'm like sick and throwing up and then I fall and break my leg and die. Just how about no? You know? Yeah, I agree with you. Instant kills in any game to me is kind of a is kind of a bummer. Um, it's very rare that I ever appreciate an instant kill. I'd rather have a penalty. I'd rather you know lose some gold, lose some health, yeah. lose an item or something, or you know maybe set back and start at a checkpoint. But instant death, in the in the sense that you're describing, is is always a huge bummer to me. So, it's such a bummer yeah. in this game because you're already dealing with a bunch of shit. So yeah. I'm gonna go All back right. and hope that I don't instant die. Let's look forward to your next report. In the meantime, I'm going to talk about a game. It's called Like No Other Legend of the Two Books. Have you heard anything about this one, Carlos? I might have. I'm looking it up. Uh, this one kind of came out of nowhere for me. It's coming from Artoon Studios, I believe. It's Artoon Studios. I think that's right. Uh, this is a point-and-click adventure. And if you listen to the show regularly, you know that I have kind of a love-hate relationship with these um, when they pop, I love them a lot, and when they don't, I hate them. Yep. Uh, this is one that I love. I think this is a really good one, but with with caveats, okay? So this is a 2D point-and-click adventure, hand-drawn. I love the art style. We got a lot of good art style on the show today, uh, a lot of good art style. I, it's very um, Where's Waldo-esque, if anybody has seen those books, kind of the way that that looks, where... Uh, your main character is like an old senior citizen guy. He's got, he's got goggles. He's got a beat-up backpack. This is a post-apocalyptic world, although they don't really get into that. They don't tell you why or what happened or anything. He is driving to a city, and he is looking for something. Uh, and he's on this quest. But he looks like a real cool dude. Like you, you just look at him, and you're like, yeah, 
that was like a fun character. I want to try this. You know, just something about it. Like the art style, art style is really on point with this guy. It's awesome. I, I'm looking at it right now. It's so yeah. Cool. It's really cute. It's really cute looking. This game looks great. Uh, and so again, 2D point and click. Uh, you get to the city where you uh, are gonna go, and the design of this game is just really, really fascinating. So it is a point and click, but it is not a traditional point and click. It's also kind of like I hesitate to say open world because it's not open world, but it's like open level. So you arrive at the city in your Jeep, your beat up Jeep, and then there's like a park and there's a city block and there's alleys and buildings and you can just like walk around. And so it's very jarring for a point and click adventure because I don't play very many that are like that. Like usually it's like screen by screen, level by level, very contained and tightly controlled. But this is in a different direction and it feels honestly, it feels really great. I love what they've done here. Um, so you get out of your Jeep and you're like, wow, I can, I can walk anywhere. That feels so strange for a point and click walk in the park and just checking out the trees and walking in the buildings and looking this out. So it's really, really cool. I love the approach to the quote unquote, you know, open level point and click. I think that's awesome. And because you don't quite know what you're there for, it feels a little bit like you're exploring. And honestly, it feels a little bit like, um, the last of us minus zombies, minus combat, minus grim. But that same feeling of like being in a, a town that's abandoned and like you're, you're picking through the remnants of a leftover city um, and you're just kind of just exploring it in a point and click sense, which is really so strange. Like it's such a, a unique feeling. I really like that a lot. Um, so before I go further, I, I need to say I only have one problem with this game. Um, and the only problem with this game is that there is basically no story, no characterization, which I find to be very strange. Because the point-and-click genre is all about character. It's all about storytelling. It's usually about jokes. It's usually about funny situations. This game does not do that. And in some ways, I respect it because I feel like it gives it a very different feeling. At the same time, it's really tough because I don't know what I'm doing. So the guy the guy rolls into town. He's like, I'm looking for a book. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm with you. But like, I expected the story to kind of grow as you go. I gave it some grace. But it never really goes anywhere. Like He'll mumble to himself like every once in a while. He'll be like, Oh, this is an important clue. And I'm like, but why, bro? Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, why, why are we after this book? What is the book about? Who are you? Are you a book hunter? Are you a librarian? Did you write the book? Like, what's going on? I don't know. And the game never answers those questions, which to be honest, I found very unsatisfying. What was the pause screen show you anything like a, like a quest thing? Yeah, you can, there's, there's definitely like little quest um, hints. They tell you what to do. They tell you the next place to go. There's no problem with that but not really like motivation wise not really story wise mm. and so i i finished the game uh and i just at the end of it i'm like i don't really know what happened like i i, I was looking for a book i found the book I'm not sure why it was important i'm not sure what was special about it and then i got out and the credits rolled so that was very unsatisfying i want to say if the developers are listening um please don't ignore this in the future because that's an important part and i feel like your game is so strong otherwise it's a shame that this part didn't get buffed up. But I will say, in this game's defense, even though I didn't know who my character was, didn't even know what his name was, wasn't sure what that book was about, this game was so fun to just play Mm. that I enjoyed it 100% of the time, and I finished it. So it's wonderful in this other sense. So outside of the open levels, it's great because all of the puzzles are very logical. You know I hate moon logic, cat hair, mustache, bullshit. I don't like any of that (laughs) stuff. But like all the things are very logical. Like There's a, a lever that you need to find Oh, hey, I found this thing that looks like a lever. I'm going to try this. Boom, it works. Hey, this door is locked. I should probably find some keys. Where do people keep keys? Oh, there's where the keys are. That made perfect sense. Hey, this uh, 
This water's electrified. I guess I should probably turn off the electricity. Boom, turn it off, get through. It all makes sense. Like the puzzles are outstanding. For the point and click genre, these are like as good as puzzles get, which is great. I love that there wasn't 85 million things to click on because it fucking bugs me when you're in a screen and it's like, you know, 92 hotspots and half of them are like, oh, this is a pretty flower. Yeah. Oh, this is very dusty. Like it's nothing. It's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. And you can get flavor across by visuals. You can get flavor across with just a few lines. You don't need to drown the player in your fucking prattle. So there's no prattle in this game at all. Like there's there's barely anything to click on in the best possible sense. Everything here is important and relevant. Your inventory is never I think I think total in the game, I pick up I want to say maybe eight items in the entire game. Wow. Which is like nothing. Like sometimes you play a point and click, you got seventy five fucking things in your inventory. In the beginning, you're like, Yeah, yeah in the spoons. first you don't even Exactly. Spoons, fork, knife, napkin. And then you end up not using any of it, right? Like you don't know what it's for. In this game, if you pick it up, you absolutely know for a fact it's going to be used for something. It is relevant, right? And so not only by giving the player that confidence does that help, but also by having such a small inventory, if you ever get to the point where you're blindly trying things, which I don't think you will because this is so logical, but if you did, you've only got like three or four things to rifle through and there's not very many things to go. So your options are very contained and pointed and it makes a lot of sense. Um, and I just I just loved how it was logical, fat-free, Nothing was nothing was wasted. I never felt like my time was being disrespected. There's a lot of clues. If you want the clues, they tell you exactly where to go and what to do. Um, and I just I really loved like the sense like for example in the first the first part of the game. There's two parts. First part you're in an apartment complex, and it's like I need to get to the third floor. Stairs are blocked because this is post-apocalyptic world. The stairs fell down, or there's like rubbish in the way or something. So you got to figure out how would I get through. Well, I try the window. Bam! There's windows to try. I'm going to try the, the, the fire escape. Boom, there's a fire escape. Try that. Like, you can do shit. Like, it makes sense. Like, it's like kind of a real world kind of situation, but also it's like a 2D point and click. And those two things almost never come together. Yeah. And I love it. It feels so awesome when it comes together. Um, so I love the game. The second half of the game, you're in a museum. Same kind of thing. Sensible puzzles. There's humor. I mean, I'm not going to say this game isn't funny. It is a little bit funny. Uh, it's cute. Uh, I just loved it. And I had a great time playing it. Nothing but praise for the mechanical side of this game. I think it's wonderful, and I think it's a it's a role model for other point and clicks. I'm going to put this one right up against like um, Dark Side Detective or or Nine Witches, which are my favorites. It just sucks that there's no story. Like you're just exploring, but you don't quite know why. You don't quite know who you are. You don't know what the book is about. You don't know why you need it. But other than that, this game is like magnificent, like a masterclass in what I think is modern point and click design, and I I, I applaud it. I just next time, please give me some story to sink my teeth into. Right, <clears throat> you would say the game is like no other. Come on, oh Come on. man! Also, I we're... can't believe I left that on the table. <laughs> it is. Um, also, we're seeing like yeah, what uh, makes a good game for Brad when it comes to adventure and point and click games is well, the open world concept seems really interesting. Yeah, um, it's really fascinating. Well, I shouldn't really call it fully open world, but like you said, these open spaces. Yeah. As I'm watching yeah. the video of it, yeah, it seems like that's a really cool atmosphere to, to want to point and click around. Uh, and also like few objects, which is great. Yeah. And puzzles yeah. that make sense. So this seems like a winner. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you don't need the full story. You can just like have a really cool world you want to exist in and, you know, maybe just kind of travel through. So maybe that's what yeah. you had. I mean, this is really a rarity for me, but I, I would say that even though this game basically has a big sucking void where the story and characters are supposed to go to, I still think it's really awesome and I still really I really recommend it to people who like 
modern point and click games, I think this is really how you should be making them. So is it Actune or is it Artune? I think I'm getting their name wrong. I apologize. Oh, I was just on the page. I closed it already. Sorry. I forget. Now that's okay. Uh, I, let me get it right because I feel like I want to give these guys their props. Actune, we're going to do this real quick. This is the, the Google. The Legend the Google. of the Twin books, by the way. You said you only found one book. Did you miss a book? No, there's two books. Okay. It's, is it twin books or two books? It says twin books. Twin books. Um, okay. And it is uh, Actune Studio. Actune. Okay, I apologize for getting it wrong. It is Actune Studio. It is twin books. Um, at some point, I don't feel like this is a spoiler because I don't understand what the story is about. <laughs> but he's like, is this like he's kind of deciding whether a book is a real book or a fake book, whether it's got a duplicate or not. And oh. I don't know why that's important. It doesn't really make any sense. Okay. So whatever. I mean, yeah, twin books, I guess. But like no other legend of the twin books do not come here for story but man if you're interested in game design level design modern point and click design i feel like they're this game is fucking awesome all right and yeah i I give it a thumbs up even though i don't know what it was about (laughs) that's so funny that's the review um that's awesome yeah Yeah, i'm I'm gonna check it out good stuff all right carlos over to you um i feel like we're going to be getting into it now because as we mentioned earlier that kind of group think that kind of that herd mentality, that kind of one person says it and everybody follows, I feel like you were referring to Saints Row. Am I wrong? You're right. All right. Saints Row just come out recently, a week or two ago. I haven't checked it out. Uh, and full disclosure, uh, review codes were very limited for this one, which to me says that the publishers were not too confident about this. That's usually what happens when someone is sketchy about their game. So I was a little bit worried about it, but you jumped in. You paid cash money for this yeah and i gotta know did you get your money's worth a hundred percent yeah i even want to give this a review i don't know if we could do it this episode but i could uh easily because i paid cash money like you said i was also let's preface this was in the mood for an open world game i probably have been mentioning that on the show a lot yeah yeah so that's already subjective right i want that kind of experience um also like not as hard on bugs and kind of like you know basic graphics if the gameplay's fun enough. So that's kind of my preface. Also, I love GTA. I love open world. I love Saints Row. And I like old school Saints Row. So these are all kind of like, you know, before we get into it. Yes, that's where you're coming from. That's where I'm coming from. And I wanted that kind of game. So this delivers on that. I'll get into some of the intricacies of why I like it so much. Um, Yes, there's some bugs. They'll they'll patch them out. They're nothing huge. I only had one crash. I, I had one crash. Okay. Um, so that was real, but the other stuff is small and, you know, GTA open world type bug stuff that happens. Um, the graphics are like, okay, they're not amazing. Um, but they also don't bother me and they're, you know, I made my own character and it looked like me cause I wanted it to, and, um, it wasn't terrible. So that all being said, I think that the biggest issue is what, let's just, uh, address the elephant in the room, which you mentioned the group think is that this is the worst thing that's ever been made. <clears throat> okay. That is not the truth. Like, um, you know, one person, I'm not sure who the first person who said it was like, Oh, it's like a step back. You know, it's an old school RPG, oh, no, RPG. It's an old school open world GTA type game. Um, that's just not good. And you know, other people were like, yeah, that it, it is bad. Yeah. These, these bugs do exist and it's not what I wanted out of it. You know, it's not a jump forward. Um, the real quick asterisk in the beginning is, and we say this on the show a lot, not every game has to jump forward. 
right? That's true. That is true. We don't need to like uh, um, evolve the form, the art form, every single time. Yes, that's, that is true. That's my first line of defense, right? It's not reinventing anything. It's it's doing more of what Saints Row was, um, which is really fucking fun. That's like my bottom line review. This game is super fucking fun. Um, there's so much to unpack. The first thing is, like I said, a lot of people just piled on it, said it was, you know, the graphics weren't good enough. There was bugs. It had all these issues. Every time I listen to one of these reviews and I played and also beat the game, um, I'm guessing a ton of people that did the reviews didn't finish the game, right? Okay. They A lot of times we see this, we, you know, they'll, they'll play it for a little while, they'll dunk on it, and they'll leave and they'll delete it. Sure. Um, I actually played the whole fucking thing. And, and I, I'll tell you the main reason I liked it is because I finished it. But the actual gameplay itself, third person, obviously open world, Saints Row GTA game. I don't need to like <clears throat> explain that part of it. But so just just kind of par for the course, like where we're starting from. Yeah, it's like um, and it's also like a game from the '90s, right? Like they are like almost doubling down on it being an old school Saints Row game. Uh, it's also a reboot of the story. Right, so this is the beginning and origin. Oh, are they going stories. back to the? Very, oh, okay. yeah. I didn't realize that they were kind of starting over. It's like you, you and your group of friends are like forming the saints, okay. um, which and is like a true reboot. Now, question: Didn't we did this already? Right, like in the very first Saints Row game, isn't that where they started too? Are they kind of like forgetting? Are they? Are we supposed to assume that the other four Saints Row games don't exist in this timeline? Yeah, this is like a true like timeline reboot. Okay. Yeah, okay. you and your friends who you made and in, in a character creator, but which by the way is super robust you can do anything you could think about talk about accessibility options yeah Yeah. i mean gender neutral or whatever you want to be like you are literally if you can think it you can make a character um even like someone made shrek you know like you could straight up make a monster um so it's 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 basically that reboot and i will say this and people are not going to believe this but it, it reminded me of final fantasy 15 where I like that game for its um, camaraderie with you and like the dudes, mm, uh, but not mm. just because you were bros, but because you went through like some shit in that game. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if we ever talked about it, but there's some really bad stuff that happens to some of the characters in that game. Yeah, yeah. And there's some bonding that's it really takes place that, that I experienced, and that's what happens in this game. People are like, you know, talking uh, about like their dialogue being corny and stuff, and yeah, some of it is pretty damn corny. But a lot of it's real. Like at the beginning of the game, it talks about working at a job that you're not appreciated at, right? Also going back to that subjective, you know, moment in, in Carlos's yeah. timeline. Yeah. And and then they, he gets laid off, by the way. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> people who know me in my life. Um, and then, you know, they're like worrying about student loans and they are all together in a cheap, you know, crappy place. And they're, you know talking about like what they're going to eat it there's corny lines yes but the actual reality of it is relatable like it's super fucking relatable Mm -hmm. i'm playing this uh with a a buddy of mine who's also playing it ray and we were like there's so many parallels in our life you know they kind of joke about capitalism they joke about amazon they joke about you know all the stuff that we know that in this in this world that frustrates us yeah and they stick that in this game um Hmm. in a in a surprisingly like well done way um, the other thing is, by the way, it was funny they mentioned student loans because recently uh, the whole student loans thing happened. Right, the whole thing, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and so then, yeah, it's over the top. The, the, the thing is, they mix like real world stuff 
and friends bonding over, hey, you're also a guy who like goes and kills a ton of people. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you have to like understand that that's the world you're in, which yeah. is like half of the time it's like a video game. And then the other time, it's kind of like you're you in this world building a friendship with your friends. And I built, by the way, my character to look just like me. And it surprisingly look, looks just like me. So I kind of like, you know, uh, what is it called? Uh, escapism. <clears throat> Jumped into this world and was like, hey, I'm home alone. I'm kind of sad in my real world. Now I have friends. And we're all bonding together. And all these side missions that everybody's kind of complaining about, there are a ton of them are really, really memorable. And you really do bond with these characters. One of them that is going around the internet everywhere is one of the nerdy guys, you and him do LARPing together. Ha, huh, okay. And you like have cardboard like costumes that are armor and you do like, you know, fights and stuff. It's still like the shooting mechanic, but it's like, you know, non-lethal. <clears throat> and so when you like are fighting people, they're like, oh, you got me. And they fall down and do like LARPing. Um, that's super fun. And there's a whole quest line there where like, you know, you know, defending your castle and stuff. So I think what's being missed is two things. One, it's a super fun game that isn't trying to be something new. Two, I don't know why people aren't talking about the story more because I think that if you just like let yourself go into those characters and like really have fun in those side missions, they really are a bonding thing that happens. And because I finished it, I had kind of like, I don't say tearful moment, but a pretty cool moment at the end. Um, and it's artistically done well, like all the fight scenes and stuff like that. And, uh, and all of the main mission, you know, uh, what are they called? Like um, action moments. What are they called? Um, like set pieces? Or set something? pieces, yeah. Set pieces. They're done perfectly. Like, it's just like, wow, that was like, these developers really spent time on how these set pieces were going to come together, you know? Um, like near the end, there's like this huge scene by a sunset and it feels like a, a Western, you know? Hmm. Um, so I just can't speak highly enough of this game. Um, I think the review will land around uh, eights or nines. I mean, let's do it right now because we're talking about you finished the game. Let, there's no reason to delay. It's, let's what. So what is your official takeaway? We can on take. This? Well, let me let me. I will talk more about it so we can okay. find another poll okay. quote because I'm not sure if I've given you one yet. <laughs> but I think it's a straight up eight point five. It, it feels like the experience I had with um, what's it called? Um, oh my goodness! Come on, the game I just gave an eight point five to. Uh, the one you just reviewed recently? Hold for edit. Hold for edit. You did Stray and you did uh, the, the Chinese one. Yes. It was Sword and Fairy? Sword and Fairy. Yeah. Sword and Fairy. Um, so like just like Sword and Fairy 8.5 because it's super fun. Yes, it's not reinventing the wheel. So I guess that's a con in a way. There's a, bu a bunch of bugs that kind of brings it down. Sword and Fairy had a bunch of bugs. But overall, a great experience. Like a really, really fun experience that I think is getting shit on for no reason other than what you started this review with, which is piling on. Piling on, group think, herd mentality. People love clear, jumping on did... the bandwagon for hate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just to be clear, so you have finished this game. You've rolled credits. You went Roll credits and still one. playing it. Let me ask you a question briefly then. Um, so I haven't heard a lot about this game other than the group think stuff that I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. Um, I know other people in my timeline have spoken to me privately and they said that they enjoyed it as well. So you're not the only one, that's for sure. But one complaint that I did hear, uh, I don't know whether you agree, it seems like maybe you don't agree, is that uh, I heard that the side quests feel often like very disconnected or just kind of random, like they don't make a lot of sense in comparison to the rest of the game. Do you agree with that? Disagree? 
I have three thoughts on that. One, okay. uh, I disagree because some are well. I disagree in the fact that like, have you ever played GTA? Sure. Yes. No shit. Right. Like side missions are gonna be fucking out of out of out of nowhere. Like that's just yes. par for yes. the course. Yes. So again, that goes back to that group think. Is that a bad thing? If a bunch of people like say it is together, I guess. Yeah. It's yeah. always been in every open world game. That's my first defense. Second, okay. totally disagree because I like the LARPing one, like this one where you're um, doing this party thing. There's so many that are so on point with the storyline that no, they're not all over the place. So I think that they're just not, they haven't played enough missions, maybe. Mm, okay. Okay. But the other tangent that I'm glad this brought up is a lot of reviews are saying that that you have to do side missions to to uh, unblock the story. Sure. That is not really true because there's one area where you have to build up the map and like build um, different crime like uh, locations. Like you're uh-huh. building these fronts, you know, like a laundromat, but it's actually doing like money laundering or something. Sure. You have to build those on a map. I only was stopped once with that. And all the reviews are like, you can't even finish the fucking story unless you do a million side missions. I literally was stopped once. And it was like, oh, I have to build a few things and complete some missions before I can get to the next big campaign. Then you see a bunch more on the, on the um, what's it called? Like collect-a-thon menu. Mm-hmm. But those are just post-game. And I don't think people are mentioning that. Because I'm playing post-game right now. And some of those side missions are from for now. Yeah. But they're not for like the main campaign. Not back in the day. Yeah. Well, I mean, so. and to be fair, like, I mean, it would hardly be the first game to require people to do extra missions to progress the main story. That's like in a lot of games. It's right. not like, not like Saints Row is the first one to ever do that. I mean, some, some games are structured where you take, you get one big story, you got to do a couple side missions and you do the next big story. I mean, that's a very common thing. Like no one's saying there was a guarantee that you were going to be able to beeline all the way through it. So that seems like a weird complaint to have. Well, and to add to, add to that real quick, and these are all like, I think, awesome defensive um, uh, statements, is that the whole idea of the, the game is you're, you know, it's a reboot. You're building up the Saints, right? They were nobodies. We were just like in a little shack, like worrying about like waffles. Like they can kind of, can we afford and, waffles? And student loan payments. And student loan payments. And now like, yeah, they stop you because they're like, it wouldn't realistically make sense unless you built up your, you know, empire. Yeah. So that's what you're doing, by the way. All these like roadblocks, which is only one real big one, is they make you build like three or four main areas and then you have to like complete missions in those areas. But that makes sense. I mean, I was just going to say, I mean, if that's the premise of the game is you guys are doing a reboot starting from nothing and then making your way up into an empire, as we've seen in previous Saints Row games. I mean, if you're not here for that, then... I guess I'm not sure why you're here. I'm not sure what you expected. Exactly. I mean, and like yeah. some of them are funny. Like there's done some really good comedy in it. And like I, I only wanted to do all of them. Like the laundromat stuff and like stealing trucks and stuff. I don't know. I fucking okay, love quick, this game. Quick question. Quick question. Yeah. So I am a, I am a Saints Row fan. I love, I've, I've played every game in the series so far. And I, I am definitely on board with Saints. Um, I'm not going to play this one right now. I'll probably give it a couple months to Mellow and I'll come back to it when I'm in the mood. But I, so if this is a reboot, are we talking about all new characters do we have returning characters or like what is it like in terms of story i I get that you're saying you're starting from scratch but like is it no uh, no familiar faces return or it's just brand new people or what yeah it's brand new people it's it's your crew your crew uh or grew either one you grew you grew the crew oh that's a good podcast name that's a pretty good crew uh but you do you have like you know your three friends and they're your main 
people uh, that you, you know, the Nina like works on cars and the, you know, one guy's the, the nerdy guy. And, but it's not like Pierce and uh, no, you know, not like at all. all those other people no, no, from no, the no. last game. This no, is your new world that you're going to be. Johnny Gat does not come back. No, no. Okay. All right. And, and that's what, what I like about it though. It's like, you're making the history, you know, you're making the okay. stories. Gotcha. Um, and then also I, I didn't mention anything about the power of us, but I don't know. I forgot how they did in Saints Row the the other games, but it did feel pretty like good on how you get uh, power ups because you know just by doing anything in the game, you're always like working towards you know XP and stuff like that. And yeah. so you you know when you add these elements, it might be more health, it might be um, you know faster like reload time, all that kind of stuff. But then there's like fun ones too, like really crazy abilities. Like one ability was just like hit a button. And you do like a jump spin and like shoot everything in the in the area, uh, and everything just dies around you. But there's just a lot of like fun to be had within the upgrade tree as well. So um, and the music, by the way, they bring back some old like '90s like uh, hip hop, which I really enjoyed. And uh, the whole world seems like it's taking place in the '90s in a way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because uh, I remember looking uh, at storefronts and they were like DVD rentals and um, stuff like that. So. I just yeah. love the world they built, and I can't speak highly enough to one more thing: is the the town is small, you know, it's a city, uh, but there's the outskirts and there's like desert, and there's sandstorms that happen, and they like look look better than the ones in Cyberpunk, like they like actually affect your vision, but feel like part of the world. Um, the world building's just done really well. Every time I would go around a corner, now you can't go in a lot of buildings, which sucks. Uh, it's like one step forward, two steps back, kind of in a way. Yeah, but yeah. I, I would say one step forward, one step back because it still is beautiful how they built the world. Like some bars you can go in, some you can't, but everything looks really cool and believable. So it's like cookie cutter at times, and you go, I think that's what the reviewers were mad about. It's like it's like old school, but it's also done like really aesthetically pleasing. Like all the lighting is phenomenal like just really cool lighting and the sunset and everything just feels like a really fun world to be in so again i think it's done well it's an old school rpg but that can be really fucking fun can't use that for the pull quote i can't swear in my quotes right for the reviews i'll just i'll just edit it out it's (laughs) no big deal um it's an old school rpg that's super fun uh it doesn't reinvent the wheel but it doesn't have to and all the character development and kind of fun you have with friends is super rewarding. Like it makes you feel like you're part of this world. And I think that's being underreported because I really cared about these people and all the side missions we went on together. And then when it wraps up, I felt really like, I don't know, proud to be their friend, which sounds weird. <laughs> um, well, I mean, no, that makes sense though, because anybody who got into the original Saints Row series, I think will probably say the same thing. I mean, the Saints Row series what it had going for it. I mean, a lot of it started out as kind of being a GTA clone, but it quickly grew into its own thing where it's sense of humor, but also because of like the homies that you were with, like everybody that was in that crew. I mean, they were, they had an entire cast of returning characters and people really wanted those characters to come back. And by the time that we wrapped up saints row four, everybody, you know, you had spent a lot of time with these same people over and over. They became your friends in a way. So that makes perfect sense that you would kind of, uh, that you and the the developers both would kind of focus on the character moments as well. Cause I think that's what got, um, Saints Row, its notoriety and its fame in the first place was because that's what sets it apart from, from GTA, I think. That's very well said and a very good point. Um, and I think that I will actually add to that and say 
The only reason I didn't feel that before as much with the other Saints Rows is because it was, like you said, across multiple games. Yeah. And this is a one holy experience thing, right? So it's like you, you know, you get all this experience with these friends and there's like this, you know, cliffhangers and blah, blah, blah. And then it's, it wraps up. So I think it, maybe I didn't feel as much across multiple games, but this is all within one game, you know? So right. again, I, I'm, I'm sticking with my 8.5. It could even be a little higher, but there, you know, it, it is limiting at times because you can't go into buildings lots of times and there's some bugs that are dumb, but overall super fun. Um, yeah, super fun. All right. Well, that sounds like definite praise and recommendation for Saints Row, uh, kind of flying in the face of the current group think. But, you know, that's what we do here. We just look at something. We tell it like it is. We give you our honest opinion. And uh, this is uh, Carlos's honest take. So We tell it like it like, is. Yeah, tell it like it is. That's what we do here. But so we also, we what you said, and I just want to like finish on that thought, we also fight against group think. Because think for yourself, people. Um, yeah. There is going to be, like I, if I look on YouTube right now, I don't. I don't anymore. <laughs> but if I search Saints Row on YouTube, it's depressing. It's yeah, like you, there'd it's, be like a ton of like, what's wrong with this game? This game is crap. Well, there's like nothing angry. positive, yeah. and it's just like yeah. so much of it. When I go through, people have not finished the game, right? They didn't get close to finishing the game. And there's like this really interesting part that happens in the middle of the game. I wonder if they even got to that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So there's just so much that um, just think for yourself. Uh, like again, take it with a grain of salt. Like I'm not saying don't listen to reviews. Because you listen to us, I guess, you know, but... Um, but if you like the way that we think, if you like what we like, you know, probably a pretty good chance that you're going to take Carlos's words and it's going to be true for you too. And like you said, if you liked old school Saints Row and that, you know, liking those characters and stuff like that, that's another reason why you, you'll probably like this game, so... There you go, Saints Row. Okay, one more uh, quick game to cover and then we're going to wrap up the show here. Um, you brought this game to the show a while ago, Carlos, and I'm going to have to call you out for this uh -oh. because you, uh -oh. called the, you brought this game to the show. And you liked it. Uh -oh. And I'm like, and I'm like, cool, cool, cool. And I'm starting to play this game, and I'm like, this game is mind-blowingly fucking awesome. And I really feel like Carlos liked it. He didn't like it enough. Oh, I think he you did say not... it was hot garbage. Okay. No, no, you liked it, and and it was fine. But I'm playing this game, and I'm like, dude, this game, you gotta like it more. I need to come back retroactively. I need to make you like this game more. Because this game is fucking amazing. I saved the best for last. Wait, for me, anyway. Can we pause it then? Yeah. What system? Uh, I'm playing it on PS5, but it's on everything. What did I play it on? I'm sure you played it on PS5. You must have. And it's a PS5 game? Or PS4 well, game? Well, it's, it's on PS... Yeah, it's probably PS4, but it's on PS5. Uh, it's uh, it's RPG time, The Legend of Right. Oh, this? right. Yes, yeah. Oh, my God. You brought it to the show, and you're like, yeah, it's a pretty good game. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. And I'm playing this game, and I'm like, I'm losing my mind of how awesome this game is. I'm like, dude, what? Like, saying this is a good game is like saying that, like, Sterling Steak is, is okay. Or, like, you know, it's true, but it's actually more than that, right? Like, it's way better than that. It's, it's like say, that's like saying ice cream is cool. It's true, but it's also delicious and creamy and sweet and all these other things. I was like, oh, my God, this game is fucking amazing dude i'm i'm just i'm falling out of my chair okay i'm gonna hear your thoughts but then i'm gonna tell you why i know i remember right now right now why yes. i did nope out of it so okay let okay. me hear your thoughts first all right quick capsule i don't know when we talked about it probably 100 episodes ago who yeah. knows but uh, rpg time the legend of right is a 2d game coming from a japanese studio um i don't have their name in front of me i apologize uh but basically the premise is that you are kind of like playing a pretend RPG with your friend in school and your friend is like this really cool, like 
I mean, I say really cool. I think other people probably call him a big nerd, but kind of like a D&D slash RPG enthusiast where they have a notebook, uh, like, like, you know, college rule spiral uh, back three ring notebook or something. They've got uh, little counters and all these little paper tchotchkes and cardboard cutouts and stuff. And they're making their own RPG. And you are the you are the player of their game. They're kind of like the DM for your game. And so when the game begins, they open up their notebook and the screen looks like a fucking notebook. It's like you're opening a three ring notebook and they did hand drawn art for all of the levels. So like all the, all the art is pencil drawings of little characters like like a kid in junior high would do. Um, your life bar is a tape measure and it pulls out the tape to say how much life you've got left. Your item screen is made of like these little uh, perler beads that you um, iron on. You see them at craft shows all the time, or we have some here at home. We've made some where you like make little items out of perler beads and uh, there's markers and there's like cardboard puppets and there's all sorts of stuff that a kid would do for themselves if they wanted to be a game developer and yet they were still 12. They would make all this stuff. Like all this stuff is very, it's ringing so true for me. Um, A lot of this stuff feels like stuff I would have done as a kid or stuff that I had done as a kid. And the interface is just fucking phenomenal. Um, You start playing this game and it's all about like a meta look at RPGs. Like it's like, how would you put together an RPG? What are the systems in an RPG? And then the kid is kind of like DMing you in real time. So like he'll kind of change the rules as you go or he'll make it kind of more fun. And it's so cool. Like the way that it looks is just mind blowingly fucking cool. I'm just like, I'm dying with how amazing it is because there's so many small touches. There's so many neat little effects, so many little Easter eggs to find. I mean, stuff like you kill an enemy and like this eraser shows up out of nowhere and like erases the guy off the page. And not only is the guy gone, but like there's like a white mark on the page where like it looks like paper got erased. Yeah. And like all these little, little things are just like so phenomenal. And every page, he turns the page when you get to a new level. Every page is like a brand new level. Feels just like something you would totally do in junior high. You get to the cave level. There's like a swamp level. There's like a undead level. And there's all these different mechanics. Like in one level, you're like in a tank. In one level, you're doing a sword fight. In one level, you're boxing. In one level, you're searching. And like, it's just like, it's so fucking creative. And it's so full of like life and energy and coolness. And like every time I play a new page, like something new comes. And I'm just like, oh man, I cannot wait to get to the next page because what does he got to do next? Who knows? And I don't know. I never know what's coming next because it's all so fucking amazing. I'm like, I'm, I'm dying. I'm dying with how fucking cool this game Jeez. is, dude. I'm like, this is amazing. You're like, and, just by retelling it, you're getting excited. Oh my God. I'm, I'm definitely excited. My blood pressure is raising. I should probably calm down a little bit here. I had too much coffee, I think. But it's like, I'm just going through this game and I'm like, it's, it's wrecking me how fucking cool this game is and how smart it is. Like, it's not just aping the mechanics are just aping the style, but like the, the developer is actually thinking about how RPGs work, thinking about how you can interact with them in different ways, thinking about how the player can interact with them and using all that in the medium of this like quote unquote notebook pen and paper RPG. And it is just so fucking brilliant. The person who made this, um, I want to say their name is Kenta Cho, but I don't know if that's their real name or if that's their pretend name. Uh, but that's what they say their name is. Um, They've clearly spent a lot of time thinking about this. They've clearly spent a lot of time picking it apart from different angles. And I'm just like, I am beside myself um, how exciting and fun and fresh this is for like a jaded old dried up motherfucker like myself who's been through it all, done it all, seen it all. This guy is serving me up plate after plate of, oh my God, I've never done this before. Oh my God, this is brand new. Oh my God, this is fresh. It's just, it's so fucking amazing, dude. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I can't even... I ran out of words. Like, there's not words in the English language to capture how exciting this game is for me. So, let's come back to you. I know you played this, and, like, 
you were kind of cool. Like you liked it, but like you weren't, you weren't loving it. And I think, like you said, you noped out of it. So what is, what's the deal, Carlos? Yeah. So, I mean, how do I, uh, you know, follow that uh, exuberant review? I think that when I brought it to the show, I did like it. I know that. You did. You did like it. Yeah. yeah. And I said that it was doing similar to you, um, all these new things I had not seen before. And I was trying to say, yeah, the, explain the eraser thing and just really interesting, like real world mechanics into the the game part, which is, you know, kind of drawn, like you said. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and by the way, it reminds me of that new game that's coming out soon where you like leave the book and run around the real world. Oh, yeah, I know the one that's on Switch. I know what you're talking yeah. about. I don't know the title of it. Um, and not to like confuse them, but just saying like, I do like that concept of like, here's the real world and here's also like something you're looking at, but you're playing a game on. So I thought it was beautiful and really cool and interesting. I think the reason I noped out was... And again, it might have just been one particular stage, but I kept, it was like a trial and error. It seemed like a lot of the boards or stages were trial and error. And yeah. I didn't feel like it was fun in the mechanical sense of it. Like it always looked amazing and it was like, wow, that's cool. Oh man, they did that. This is such a weird thing. And then it was like the rock hit you in the head, you're dead. I was like, oh, but I didn't know what they were supposed to be doing. Right. Did it again. You died again. Oh, but. And so boards got frustrating to me. Now, I don't know if that's early on. I got got stuck too early on, and you probably played it much longer than I did. So maybe I just was like an idiot, and I just noped out on this particular scene, because that happens sometimes, you know? But I feel like the board after that was also kind of like trial and error. And I was like, I don't want to try and then fail. I want to like be good at a game. So that's that's what I remember. T- tell me that I'm wrong. I don't know. I mean, I don't think you're wrong, but I think it's um, I think that's the price that you pay for a game that is wild and as experimental as this one is, because like literally every page you're doing something new. Like in one in one page, um, I'm in a tank. It's a 2D side view and they attach. I have to like farm. This sounds crazy. I have to collect a bunch of worms in order to buy uh, a boxing boxing glove from these moles, which is on the page that's further back, which is in a different presentation way. You buy the boxing glove, you put it on your cannon, and then you fight a guy. You do like a little boxing match. And then when you get to the next section, it goes to a top-down section where your tank is on ice and you're sliding. It becomes like a sliding block puzzle, but you're still in the tank, right? So like it, every single page is something brand new and you're trying something new. It kind of feels like like WarioWare in that yes, sense. Yeah, I was going to say Where that. like every little minigame is something brand new. And you're not going to really like quote unquote get good at anything because everything you're doing, you're doing it for the first time. Um, and that's not to say that certain things aren't repeated, but like there's something new on every page. And so you're never going to just do the same thing over and over. You're not going to get into a groove where, Oh, okay. I'm just doing a bunch of turn-based battles or, Oh, I'm just doing Got some searching, it. you know, like every single thing is like warrior where we're just like, okay, now I'm sliding in a tank on the ice. How do I stop the ice? And then the next one is like, okay, I'm fishing. Okay. Get down to the fishing. Okay. Now I'm doing, uh, I'm walking on these really narrow pathways. And it, like you said, I mean, when I got to the narrow pathways, um, I kept falling off the narrow pathway. I fell off probably like 20 times, but once I got past that one section, I never had to do it again. Like it was just that one time. Right. right. So that's the kind of, I feel like the danger of, or except the acceptable risk of if I'm going to do a new mechanic, every single page, then there's going to be some trial and error. Some are going to be better than others, but you're never going to get into this, the zone where you're like, I'm really good at doing X because you're only going to do X one or two times and then you're never going to do it again. So, so, you know, hit or, you know, plus or minus. I mean, maybe some people like that. Some people don't. But for me, the freshness kind of I'm liking the freshness so much that I don't mind like those the rougher sections. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that we just uh, totally explained it because uh, we say this on every episode. 
subjectivity and, and expectation, right? Yeah. I literally, I mean, it is called RPG time. Yes. So I was in the mood for an RPG, and I liked the presentation, but that's not what this is. No, but, it's not so really. So that's, not really, we no. just said it. And we also set expectation for people who want to check it out, because it is fun, and I agree with you. That's like mind-blowing what it does. Uh, by the way, it was in development for nine years, I found out. Oh, dude, I believe um, it. This game is phenomenal. Like, it is it is amazing to me. Yeah, just know that it's a WarioWare type game. And I think... Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and if you know that, that's like... It's just better to understand what you're going to experience. Uh, like you said, I, I remember those narrow pathways, too, and I fell off them. And I was like, I, I'm not even... What am I supposed to be doing? But it's because I was expecting to play a kind of a fun uh, RPG in that way. Yeah. And so it's not yeah. that. So I think that the the title might be off, in my opinion, because I don't see it as that, <clears throat> but it is fucking cool, and I agree with you. Uh, and it's never—I've never seen a game like it either. So I like I mean, that this, part of it. This game is—I'm losing my shit. I'm losing my. You're cool. still losing I'm, your shit. I'm having a problem dealing with all the excitement and the the freshness of this game. If you're listening to this podcast, that means you're a cool person. If you're listening to me talk, that means you're double cool. So that means if you listen to anything that I say, if you like anything that I like, if you value at all. Any fucking opinion I've had over the last 22 or 23 years of being a Game Critics, this is absolutely a game that you have to try. Wow. You have to try this game. You may not like it as much as I do, but you cannot deny this game is doing its own motherfucking thing. It is bringing so much fresh to the table. It is such a high quality. It is such an incredible piece of work. I mean, I probably will end up doing a full Game Pierce review, and it's going to be top marks, dude. I mean, this game is like, it's, it's, it's unparalleled as far as i'm concerned at doing what it does so i'm surprised i haven't heard more talk about it it's been out for like i think it's been out for at least a year hasn't yeah. it like on different platforms yeah i mean crickets bro like crickets and i'm sitting here like how in the world is nobody talking about this game i mean i get that maybe the title's kind of boring rpg time legend of rights kind of a boring title but like within five seconds of playing this game i knew i was playing something special and that hasn't changed at all i mean i'm, I'm pretty far into it now and I'm just, I got, I got nothing but good things to say. It's like gold star all the way through. So well, maybe you should finish it for the show and maybe do a review yeah. on the show. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to finish it for sure. And I'm, I'm definitely going to cover it. But man, if, if you like this show, if you like my opinions, if you like anything that I like, I guarantee this game is worth your time. Highest, highest possible recommendation. Wow. And I think it's like, I think it's like cheap. It's like 10 bucks or something. It is. It's totally worth the money. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so and by the way, I think I did play on Steam. That's why I originally. Oh, uh, possibly. Yeah. yeah possibly. So. All right. RPG time. Legend of Right. One of the best games I've played all year. Highest possible recommendation. Check it out. Check it out. All right. That is the end of the show. End of the game's content. But before we go, um, quick shout out to baller swag sword and also our good good friend gaming in the wild they both gave us some retweets last week which i always appreciate thank you both for helping us spread the word you are our heroes and also one last thing before we go uh i got a couple things carlos anything before we go we're not supposed to talk about games but i do remember that i am going to review we are ofk next episode as well okay because i that's already coming played up. that uh, and i the aforementioned steel rising steel rising which we're not going to talk about but nope. we will and then um, this is not this is an interesting kind of sentimental before we go. Okay. <clears throat> Are you ready? Ready. I like really like reviewing games on the show with you. <laughs> it's serious. That's good. Because good. as we're good. even like in real time when we're doing the show today, I was like, there's two reasons why I play games. One, because I really enjoy them, but it is really cool to talk about them after. 
And not everybody has that kind of platform. I mean, you anybody can make their own show and YouTube sure. and TikTok and, sure. and sure. podcast. But the fact that we, a we get uh, access to a lot of games, b you know um, we've been doing this for a long time as our jobs, and it just it, it never gets old, and it only feels like we've talked about it before on the show, and this is episode three hundred, so a good place to mention it again. But during the pandemic and during well current you know state of the world, yeah, yeah, it is this thing that we go to that is just incredible and. It allows you know both of us to process not just the game, but like our thoughts on it and where our thoughts are about our life while we were playing the game. You know, like I just mentioned with Saints Row, like how it affects us, you know, because of our personal issues that were going on. Yeah. So it's like an added element to our lives, which I really appreciate. So there's that. There you go. Well, shit, I can't follow that now. <laughs> I got nothing to say after that. I can't. I can't top that. But thank you for the sentiment. I feel the same way, and I'm. I'm really glad that we have this outlet and this this opportunity to not only talk with each other but to share that with other people. And I, I'm really grateful that anybody gives a shit about what we say. So yeah, thanks for that, listening. That's just yeah, icing on the cake there. Um, so boy, that's that's tough to follow. I'm gonna just give a moment of silence. All right, that's just the gonna thing. Just, gonna just absorb that for a moment. Oh, well, you're, okay. while you're absorbing that, um, you know that you're going to give me Jack Move, right? Or we have a code for Jack Move? Yeah, I thought I sent it to you. Already. Yeah, so uh, I'm excited to uh, play that. So that's my last uh, piece of thing that'll probably be on next episode as well. Excellent, excellent. All right, cool. I'm excited for that one too. Um, okay, uh, moment absorbed. Thank you very much for sharing. Uh, I'm going to just go back to like boring normal stuff because I had the agenda and I feel like a cheese ball for bringing oh, this no, up. Oh, no, that's all I, That's all I had written down, so. All right, all right, okay. Uh, all right, so just a couple of things before we go here. Um, I watched Top Gun, the original Top Gun. Have you seen the original Top Gun? Yes, when it came out. In the I mean, everybody's theater. seen the original Top Gun, right? Yeah. So we we were, okay, so this is kind of a long, convoluted story. Everybody buckle in, or, or just leave the show if you want to, because it's going to take a while. We're going to be here. Wait, minute. can I leave too? You can leave too, go okay. ahead, it's fine. I'll, uh, um, but, um. So, okay, so let me let me back up a little bit. I want to talk about how amazing it is in the time that we live. There's a lot of really bad things about where we live right now, where, where and when. A lot of bad things, but I'm not going to talk, talk about that. I'm going to talk, talk about the good. And, and one of the good things is that the current level of technology means that we have access to information and media and things that our previous generations never had. Now, let me tell you, my grandmother grew up in a very poor mountainous area, um, kind of like near the Appalachians, somewhere over there. And she did not have shoes for many years of her life. She did not have running water. And their only light was a kerosene lantern. And it was like a log cabin that her dad built. So that is where my grandma came from. She did not have radio until much later in her life. So that's where we're starting, right? That's like, I was talking to this lady. This lady was alive for most of my life. Yeah. So that's this is not like 100,000 100, years ago. We're talking about Two generations back, right? And jump forward to now, uh, we have the ability to to call up literally any bit of knowledge that humans have ever had because everything is on the internet right now. You can type in any random phrase and something will come up. You can stream anything at all. And the reason I bring this up is because, you know, looking back to the time I spent with my grandma, she would have some songs that she might want to share with me. She'd have like uh, a record or something and we would do that. But she was kind of living in the moment at that time. Like there was no VCRs for most of her life. There was no downloading anything. There was no internet for most of her life. And so we were kind of just like whatever was going on that day was going on. And we would talk about things and she'd talk story with me. But that was about it. Fast forward to now. 
when I'm like, you know, the things that I grew up with, I am able to share those with my, my child and future generations in a way that our forebears were not. And I feel like we have to be really grateful and thankful for that. I mean, there's some downsides to it. Definitely some pitfalls to technology. But this is one thing that's wonderful. For example, um, I'm going to talk about like Top Gun and also the Twilight Zone. And these are things that I had seen as a child. And the ability to be like, hey, I feel like watching XYZ. I'm going to walk five steps to my TV and I'm going to push a couple buttons. And the thing that I saw 30 years ago is literally happening in front of us in real time. That's a miracle that's like modern miracle and we don't appreciate that right the fact that i can pull up a show from 1959 which was you know a bunch of years before i was born like 20 some years 23 years before i was even born i can call this show up now and show this to my kid who is living in the year of our lord 2022 here and we can have this bonding experience is fucking incredible it's literally incredible dude it's just to that point they do it like 4k footage of like the 1900s now, even though like that's not even possible, you know what I, I mean? Know. Like it's like yes. and colorized. So yeah, it's yes, crazy. Yes, I just want, I really want to just touch on that for a moment. I had this really long discussion with my wife last night about this. It just the I, I am so grateful that I am able to share things that I felt were important to me or things that were defining to me. Share those with my kids in a way that my parents couldn't do, and in a way that their parents absolutely didn't even conceive of. Um, so we've really come a long way and we've, we've got magic in the air. We just don't even really realize it anymore. So. Oh yeah. Can I sit on that for a minute? Like one, yeah. yeah. My parents would like show me records, right? Yeah. Like they could do that and they'd be like, Hey, we listened to this back in when we were yeah. kids or whatever. Yeah. And that was it. And that was it. And maybe books too, right? Books you can always books, like sure, pass books. on, which I have. I love books. I love reading and I love reading, especially old books. So, but yeah, I think that it's crazy. It's actually from, and you'll get to this in a minute, but it could be in a Twilight Zone episode like where we are right now, right? We're like in that future that is um, oh, dude, yes. both magic and terrible. It's like we have a dystopia, but we also have like this incredible um, technology that does these things that, you know, no one could even believe can happen. So yeah. I agree with you. I think that we're in a really, I still say a, a positive time period, even though it seems like it's super negative, but like it's just, it's, it's both, it's both things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's it, it feels to me like, you know, like what people talk about, like with like a gun or something, a gun can save your life. It can get you food. It can, um, you know, protect your family, but it can also kill people. It can, it can rob people. It's, it's just a thing. And we just need to know how to use it properly. And I feel like it's kind of the same for technology where there's so many wonderful things about technology, the knowledge and the sharing and the being able to participate in things. But also there's the downside, which we're also seeing as well. Yeah. Anyway, um, just wanted to say that number one, that's a miracle and we don't appreciate it, but that's going to lead me to both the the dark and the light side of that miracle right now. Right. All right. So, so the dark side, I haven't seen Top Gun since 1980, what, six, 89, something like that. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Top Gun. I have fond memories of this movie, right? And so me and the wife were like, yeah, Top Gun, that's a good movie, right? Yeah, that's a good movie. Let's watch it. And we're like, okay, well, this will be family time. Let's introduce this to our kid. He's never seen Top Gun. He barely knows who Tom Cruise is. Let's watch this movie. And let me tell you, let me tell you, Carlos Rodella. I know what's going to happen. This movie's fucking awful. It is a garbage movie. It is a terrible movie. I know. I haven't seen it since then, and boy... It's one of those movies that you thought was good, and when you're watching it with your family, you fucking cringe and die because it's awful. Did you oh finish it? We did. Okay. It was very tough to get through. So number one, I assure you, that movie is so slow. It is so boring. 
there are so many scenes where like nothing's happening. It, it was incredible to me. I'm like, how is this ever a fun movie? How was this ever an action movie when all we do is sit around and just like bullshit all the time? So it was really, really slow. Barely any action in that movie. Number one, which is not what we remember. Number two, this is the perfect example of fragile fucking male ego I've ever seen. Um, Tom Cruise in this movie is the biggest fucking man, baby. He's the biggest fucking like just little eggshell person where he cracks and he's got sensitive problems. And literally every character in this movie is about supporting his fragile male ego to the point of this is not, I mean, this is like a 40 year old movie, so I'm not going to spoil it here, but like in the movie, his co-pilot dies, goose dies. That's a very famous point in movies. When they show that scene in the movie, when goose's widow and his son is coming because goose is now dead maverick who is played by tom cruise who the surviving member of that pilot group the fucking widow consoles tom cruise for her husband dying because he is the fragile male ego star yeah. i'm like are you are you kidding me and he's like he's coming on to um kelly mcgillis who is the romantic lead in this movie um he's a dick he's a fucking scumbag douchebag and she falls for it she's like oh yes i'm falling in love with you and i'm like we're just on the catch one what what this is like oh my god it was terrible none of this movie is good i mean maybe the maybe the, the plane scenes are like okay whatever but they're not really any good in comparison to what we get now but like that movie hot fucking garbage i was embarrassed to watch it with my son yeah i apologized to him afterwards i'm like i'm sorry i remember that movie being really good and I, that movie is trash he's like yeah this movie sucks i'm like yep you're right son 13 year old son you're right this movie completely blows. i'll say this a bunch of 80, 80s movies do hold up that one probably didn't, and when you talk about it, I remember it being kind of slow and boring. Oh man! Until they like were in airplanes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there was a lot during that time period, which was like, yeah, male fantasy that's just bullshit. Oh god. Um, oh. And by the way, not to go on too far of a tangent, but I think it probably like like fucked up my the way I think about the world, like straight <laughs> up. Because yes. when I was in high school, I like had you know, ideas about what I should be as a man, you know? Yes, and that was all yes. horse shit. And kids today aren't aren't getting that message. You know, a lot of them, again, to the positive side, are getting like they can be what they want to be and they can yes. form their own thoughts on, you know, masculine and feminine energy even, right? And yes. we were like force-fed, almost like bad cereal with, you know, high fructose corn syrup. Um, <laughs> this is how the male is. This is how the female yes, is, yes, you yes, know, yes. And, and also on the kind of romantic side too, right? I would pine over a woman in the, in the sense that I was in this movie, right? And maybe I'd even like handle my relationships the right way because I was fucking fucked up from the movies. Now I'm going Dude, on a tangent. No, it's, this it's, is it's true. amazing. No, no, it's on point that you said that because I literally... I literally turned to my wife and I said, I bet this movie ruined an entire generation of men. Not me. Because, one of yes, because <laughs> it shows you really fucked up sexist dynamics towards women. It shows men being like these. It's like it's like this like Schrodinger's cat thing of like, am I super stoic and tough or am I super fragile and vulnerable? The buckets, And it was yes. like, yeah, it's like both at the same time, but in the worst way of both. And it was just crazy. Oh man, like everything in this movie was a bad example about how to live and none of it was good. And I was like, this is terrible. I'm sorry I exposed my son to this. Yeah. I wish I could like mind wipe him and just start over. So be, be, Top Gun, wow. Top Ugh. Gun garbage. But before we move on to that point, just to drill down one more second, because um, I didn't think we'd be talking about this. But why I got ruined by 80s movies <clears throat> is because 
it, it wasn't that I became like this sexist asshole. Is but I what you said is I, I I thought of the world as in buckets. Yeah. So you definitely you know we you mentioned Porky's earlier and stuff like that. But there's so many movies that we watched that were like this is a nerd, this is a jock, yeah. this is yeah. how yeah. romance is, and this is how you get the the lady or whatever. And so that's what ruined me. It wasn't like I became a sexist asshole, but I was like, oh, I was limited. And I thought of the world differently. By the way, to my credit, in high school, I broke out of that mold and I felt like I found myself and I was I went into comedy and me and my friend were like, you know, we, we liked that we were different, you know, and, and we actually um, embraced it, right? But yeah. it took yeah. a long time. It took like 11th grade, you know, for me to finally start figuring that out. Yeah. Because yeah. of some of this bullshit. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty wild to look back at something like this knowing what we know now about um you know about sexism, about emotions, about human relations, about all the things that we think of as advancements, which I definitely think of as advancements. Yeah. Um and and through that lens of today, looking at that movie, which I think if you ask people in general, like off the cuff, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, one of the best movies of all time. Super blockbuster. Everybody loves Top Gun." That movie is horse fucking shit and just seeing it now is like wow wow what a what a terrible fucking movie in so many ways yeah anyway all right moving on all right so there's that moving on now to the good side um twilight zone which i mentioned earlier i we homeschool we talk about this on the show and one of the ways that we homeschool is by watching tv and movies in a selective parental guidance fashion we don't just like park our kid in front of the tv but we, we pick shows that have purpose that have history that have talking points and then we watch them with our child, and then we we have great discussions afterwards. And we went back to the original Twilight Zone from the nineteen, I think it started nineteen fifty eight, uh, well before I was born. And same for you. And we're we're going through them episode by episode the entire series. And I gotta say, boy, if Top Gun is a movie that doesn't hold up, the Twilight Zone is a TV show that absolutely holds up, even today, even with the differences in the times and the morals and the society of of you know. 50 years ago or whatever it was like, boy, these episodes are great. Like my son has no problem connecting with these and finding the value in them. We've had so many good discussions. Um, every episode has been something different and we've really been bowled over by some, which I didn't expect. I mean, you know, everybody knows there's the episode with uh, Burgess Meredith, like cracking his glasses and he can't read the books or whatever. That's like the most famous one. Yeah. Uh, but there's other ones. I mean, we're only like eight or nine episodes in and like, like a couple of them have been like, oh man, that kind of messed me up. That was really fucking good. That was right crazy. The Twilight Zone is some classic, classic shit. That is gold star shit. This absolutely holds up. And I'm so thrilled um, with our modern miracle that I can not only remember these and tell my son about them, but we're like watching them now and he's watching it as a brand new show and he's loving it, man. I'm so glad to be able to watch this with him. It's, it's wonderful. And if you've never seen the Twilight Zone, the original stuff, absolutely make some time for it it's phenomenal i'm biting my lip because i have a couple things to say because i you you probably know i think we talk about in the show but it's probably yeah if i pick like three of my favorite shows of all time it's like one of them yeah Um, it's good stuff so it a hundred percent holds up everybody listening it not only holds up it's just a hundred percent relevant right now absolutely it's timeless that's the word i'll use for it yes perfect and what rod did rod sterling creator of it also, by the way, fun fact, from my hometown of Syracuse, New York. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, uh, kind of a local hero. He brilliantly um, put together you know, stories that were timeless in the fact that they talked about the human condition. They talked about what we are as humans and how what we interact with each other. And it uh, talked about racism and it talked about um, 
you know, war. And it talked about all the things that us humans on this planet have to go through and have to fight and battle and try to become a better person. Um, the other thing that people might not know <clears throat> is back then, back in 1959 and in the 60s, they couldn't make a lot of uh, shows about segregation, about racism, about um, equality, uh, because it wouldn't fly. Like, right. It got, they just wouldn't have it. They wouldn't, wouldn't have, have it. it. They'd be taken off the air. Um, they couldn't make stuff about the war either, like a lot of different, you know, conflict stuff. If he wanted to say, I want to pitch the show about the war, they'd be like, no, you can't do it. So what he did is he brilliantly made it a very fantastical show. So everything that takes place in the Twilight Zone, it might look like normal world, but something weird is going to happen. That weirdness is the fun, but also it allowed him to talk about all these different issues. Modern issues, social issues, yeah. culture issues. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's really the beauty of sci-fi and fantasy, right? That's kind of like the unspoken secret that is kind of an open secret as well. Is like, it's not really about fantasy and stuff. It's not really about aliens and stuff. It's about what's going on right here. And we use that as a vehicle to talk about like the human condition. So, yeah. you know, kind of like uh, that one famous Star Trek episode where uh, the Kirk and, and crew encounter a race of people where some of them are black on the left half and white on the right side. And then the other race is white on the left half. And like they look like you look at them and you're like, yeah, you're both split down the middle, black and white. And they're like, we look totally different. Oh, we hate each other. Yeah. Of Obviously a racism parallel, right? Like it's not even hiding it, but they could talk about it in a way with these people painted black and white that they couldn't talk about if they were simply black and white people. Right. You know what I'm and in Twilight, there's a lot of like aliens with tons of that, not yes. a lot of the best makeup and, you know, prosthetics, yeah, 50s, but fifties, what you going to do? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, two things real quick. One more. Um, I love Jordan Peele to death, um, but I did not like his remake of the series. Um, so I wouldn't recommend that actually. Is this still going on? No, I think it, he only did it maybe once or something. Maybe tw- yeah, two seasons. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't care for it either. It sucked because, again, it, it's, it's hard to reproduce what he did, Rod did. Um, second question is, where are you watching it for our listeners? Because I know I have a lot of the DVDs. Um, other fun fact, I've seen every episode. It's 168 episodes. I've seen every episode, I think, four times. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've it's weird. I've seen every single fucking episode multiple times. Uh, I could talk to you about them in, in the future, by the way. Um, Owl Creek is one of my favorites because it's like a short film. Anyways, where are you watching it, streaming-wise? Um, I think we're streaming it on, I want to say, Hulu, I think. Because it got it's broken either- up. The copyright got really fucked up. And it got hmm. split apart across many platforms. So it, that's the only con I can see. Because it's hmm. you can't watch all the episodes in one place. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I I didn't know about that, and I didn't. Re- I didn't research that. We just we just searched for it, and it's like it came up, and so we just started season one, episode one. We haven't hit a roadblock yet, but I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, sure you probably will because there's 168 episodes, and I think they're behind different kind of like platforms. So mm. for our listeners, go try to find it in many places, but it's right. fucking worth it. Holy shit! Right. There we go. Yeah, absolutely worth it. One more quick thing. Um, we wish we just watched The Lost City last night, starring Sandra Bullock and. The guy, what is that guy's name? Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Tatum, Tatum Channing. Channing Tatum, Tatum something. Yeah. Something. Yes, that guy. Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty okay. We were in the mood for some light entertainment. It's very light. This is the one that has Daniel Radcliffe and he plays the bad guy, which is he's great. I love Daniel Radcliffe. Um, but yeah, it was like you know she's a writer, he's the cover model. They go to search for a lost city in the jungle. Shenanigans ensue. It's really kind of fun and cute and a little bit romancy. Uh, although I don't know if I necessarily buy the 
uh, supposed chemistry between them. I don't know that I was really feeling it, but it was okay. It was a good movie, and it was fine for what it was. We wanted light entertainment, like I said. But I could not stop thinking about Romancing the Stone the entire time we're oh, watching Oh, totally, movie. yeah. Have you seen The Lost City? I watched some of it, and I actually noped out. Um, I, I, it wasn't enough for me, but... Yeah. It did feel like romancing the own, yeah. Yeah, so getting back to the classics, I mean, that's a movie from the 80s which absolutely holds up. And as a matter of fact, we're going to watch it this afternoon because as we watched The Lost City last night, I'm like, this is fun, <laughs> but it definitely feels like a companion piece and semi-homage to Romancing the Stone, which for me is one of the all-time classics. I just, I couldn't get past. Every scene, I was like, oh, this is like that scene. Or like, every time they cracked a joke, I'm like, oh, this is like that one joke. Or like, they're driving through the jungle. Oh, this is like the one scene. It was just like, it, I'm not saying it was a shot for shot remake. It's not a remake, but if you've seen Romancing the Stone several times like I have, and if you like it, it's just like, I could not get past. This just feels like a new Romancing the Stone for the modern era, but maybe not quite as good yeah. as the original. So, um, All right. Well, this is a long episode. It should be for 300. Uh, yes. I'm going to extend it for one more second and say, because you brought Twilight Zone to the show, one, I'm going to yes. go back and rewatch episodes because it's fun. Two... Uh, I just found this out last night as I booted up my Oculus Quest, which I haven't done in a while. Mm-hmm. Twilight Zone VR just came out. A, what is that? A game? Yeah, or a, TV a game. Show? A game. I've never even heard of it. Well, you wouldn't because you don't have an Oculus. Um, but I thought I'd try it for the show because I love but Twilight you, you Zone. You think I would hear? I mean, Twilight Zone's a big property. You think like I would have at least heard well, a whisper of it? Here's what's interesting. Not to go on one more tangent. My voice is literally gone. Too late. It's We're been gone like uh, 30 minutes ago. But it is. Um, there's so many games we don't talk about in the show and a lot of that doesn't get uh, any press is because they come out on the Oculus store to like no reviews. You know, it's like I boot up the Oculus all the time and see all these new games and I go, we haven't talked about any of these. So I don't even know they exist. So I guess maybe that's a PR problem. I don't it's know. A, I don't it even is know. a PR problem. That's why I'm bringing it up. Like I, Twilight Zone, it's a cool franchise. Like if it's a weird whimsical thing where I go in and I kind of live through some of the, you know, feeling of a Twilight Zone, I'm all in baby. So I'm buying it tonight, and when it gets like dark, although it doesn't matter because you're in virtual reality. What am I doing? <laughs> um, but more of the feel of it, you know. Sure. And I'm sure. and it gets evening. I'm going to turn on the Oculus and play Twilight Zone. We'll see. I had no idea that existed. So why don't you give it a shot and let us know on the next episode? I will. All right. I think that we have done justice to episode 300. It's probably yes. one of our longest episodes ever. It I is believe. Long, yeah. Uh, and this is going to do it. This is our show, folks. Um, so as per usual, we'd love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up, sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at sovideogames. Hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? TikTok, Carlos Rodella, uh, R-O-D-E-L-A. And YouTube, Carlos Rodella. I think it's just youtube.com slash Carlos There you go. As for me, same as always, it's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 300, the big 300. Thank you again for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast. And thank you for joining us this entire time. Thanks for being with us. If you've been listening from the start of Soviet Games, if you've been listening even from the Game Critics Podcast days, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here every week. We love your support. We love your comments. We love that our words are going into ears all across the globe. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with this podcast. on this journey with us and we're going to keep going we're nowhere near the end and we're happy that uh you're along for the ride so in the meantime we will see you next week but this is bye from brad and bye and like uh brad said seriously thank you uh from carlson